fuck you doing? Remember that name? Good pizza with three Z's, baby. Three Z's. What's up, guys? This week we got a very special guest. The homie Carter from Paper Planes came through to share his story with us. He's the founder and president of Paper Plane Extracts. Founded the company back in 2012 and was one of the first concentrate brands to provide Prop 215 dispensaries with dabs. And he is now one of the last remaining extract brands from the Prop 215 era. Born and raised in Grass Valley, graduated college at UNF, spent the last 11 years in Sacramento and LA building his business. He has some of the best live resin that you can ask for. The cards are fire, the product is fire. I can't wait for you guys to hear this story. We'll see y'all on the show. Carter, man, thanks for coming out, bro. Yeah, thanks happy to be here. Thanks for coming out, man. It's, it's a pleasure to have you and uh, for you to take time away from your busy schedule to kick it with us, man. I really appreciate that, man. Thanks for coming through, Man, bro. it's nothing. It's, you know, it's a pleasure, dude. I've done a bunch of different... Uh, like corporate style podcast recently, okay. so to come on to a culture one. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna cut loose a little, a little bit, bit more, a little chill when you walk in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so yeah, man, I, I I've been following your your story for a while. I've been smoking your products for a while. Um, we got awesome. a gang of fucking friends in common. Yeah, yeah. You fucking know my dad better than a lot of people in the yep. states. Your dad is awesome. <laughs> Some way somehow he knows pops. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> pops beating up them streets for us. Um, yeah, your dad kills it. Yeah, he's good, man. He's always on time. He waits if there's any issues. He's super yeah. patient. Yeah. Which from like, you know, anybody showing up to a facility. He reminds me of my dad in a lot of ways. Nice. Did your dad smoke growing up? Was he a stoner? Not really. He like, wasn't? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he says he stopped when I was born and shit, but uh, my mom says different. He seems like he's got the chill. Yeah, he's the got chill it. vibes. So he ain't used to be always that chill, bro. To be honest with you. Really? He ain't used to always be that chill. This this later version of him that y'all know is is nice. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, it's very nice. Um, but yeah, man, he uh, you know he used to drive cabs in Essex County, New Jersey, for uh, a fellow named Blackie, who allegedly was uh, a capo in one of the five families. So, you know, so allegedly. he's been driving. So well, I say I'd say this, man. He's gonna make sure your shit gets to where it yeah. needs to go. You know what I'm saying? Right, that's what's happening. We're gonna leave it there. You know, we'll leave it there. I love that. So uh, yeah, man, and uh, yeah, he's good. He's a good guy. So. Before we dive into yeah, yeah. the cannabis story, mm -hmm. let's dig into the story behind the story, man. What was it like for young Carter growing up? Where'd you grow up, bro? I grew up in Grass Valley, California. You know where Solid. that's at? Oh, I love you know Grass Valley. It's one of my favorite towns. Yeah. G Valley, baby. It's like, you know, it's a hidden little gem for California. Yeah. Not too many people know about it. Humble always takes the cake is like the, the weed town of yeah. California. Everybody knows yeah. about that throughout the country. Sure. But Grass Valley is kind of like the, the best kept secret, you know, for heading up yeah. to the hills and getting good weed. And growing up there... I mean, you know, it was kind of just your normal middle-class upbringing. I, my dad was a teacher and a coach. My mom was a home care nurse and uh, pretty standard, dude. I played sports in high school, but I remember like one of the first times I even saw weed on my dad's desk. It 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 like it was like oh shit, like this is crazy. My dad's getting high, you know. Like at that point in my life, I was still like not even into cannabis when I was fourteen, fifteen. Okay. So when I first saw weed on his desk. It's funny. He used to drive my girlfriend and I home at night. Yeah. And like for a month or two straight, dude, he would be driving so stoned. He'd drive like 35, 40 miles an hour. And we, yeah. my girlfriend lived far away. We were like, you know, we couldn't drive. So he had a parents pick us no up doubt. and drive us. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So he'd get super lit at night, take us 45 minutes, drop her off, and then come back. Yeah, man. You got to smoke before that fucking Yeah. 
But I was so like, I was such a square at that point, dude. I I yelled at him. I I yelled at him. I was like, dude, you're getting high, fucking. You know, you're driving like 35 miles an hour. It's embarrassing as shit. Da da da. Like, kind of got into him. He pulled me into the classroom his next day, and he was like, I gotta talk to you. He's like, listen. I do everything for this family. I make the money. Da da da. If I want to get fucking stone, I'm gonna get stone. That's the fucking deal. <laughs> just That's like, the just fucking like that. deal. Yeah, just I like, like that. Your pops. Yeah, and from that day forward, I was like, all right. I mean, I guess it is what it is. People get high. He's cool. He's handling yeah. his shit. Yeah. And that was really my first like opening up to the idea of like maybe I'll try this. You know, like let's let's see what it's about. Sure. Um, After that convo inspired you to try trees yeah That's because like great, i guess like like i said i was i was almost like embarrassed or ashamed that my yeah. dad was smoking pot which is such a stigma thing with society sure, that's course, like ingrained into you at a young age it that is man. this is a bad thing right and yeah. having having my own father kind of sit down and tell me look this isn't bad I'm, I'm gonna do it and i'm relaxing i'm you know taking care of business i don't you know it's not like i'm smoking so much i can't get to my job like he he hasn't missed you know a day of work in probably 30 years something like that at that point so i felt like all right if he's smoking weed and like getting by maybe this isn't so bad as as i thought it was yeah and that kind of just opened up a door dude you know started smoking with my friends um but really from there was another family member who really got me in the game and that was my sister oh yeah my older sister was uh she was plugged in dude way more than i was in my town so like she was five years older than me she had all the grower friends and like she knew about the game i didn't know about the game at all but when i graduated high school she pulled me aside and was like look you're gonna get your cannabis script you're gonna post it in one of my homies gardens and that's a cooperative that was the business model back then you know everybody had to have a certain amount of scripts to justify the plant plant, the plant count right but in our town People weren't doing it like crazy big, like thousands of plants. Yeah. Like big for our town was probably 99 plants, 99, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And that was if you were really doing it, right? So yeah. you had all these like small, successful growers flying under the radar of like yeah. the big cartel grows that were out in our town. Yeah. There'd be like thousand plant grows by the river, you know, and those yep. kind of took all the attention. So if you were like a quiet, good dude with the family and you wanted to have a garden in GV, you could, you know. Yeah. So she was like, look, it's not it's not going to be, you know, a big risk to you. Just go get your script. We'll post it. At the end of the year, he's going to give you, you know, a pound of weed or a little bit of money. I was like, all right, fuck it. Cool. So, yeah, like, I'll try it out, right? So went to get the, the doctor's script. That was an experience in itself. Like, in, in my town. What year was this? This was probably 2005. Okay. So in, in my town, we had like a legitimate weed doctor, a guy that wasn't just giving out scripts for cash all day. He wanted, oh, no he wanted all your paperwork. Whoa. He wanted all your records. He wanted to have you know, a couple appointments with you and really verify that this is what you need. He did it by the book, right? Sure. So that experience was a little bit trickier than what I thought it would be. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go in here and get my script. Turns out I had to go get records and do all yeah. this shit and like... This is a Nug MD, pay 39 bucks, get a quick <laughs> yeah. video chat, and then, oh, here Which you go. Which I went to those later on and was like, damn, dude, I should have just driven to Sacramento. <laughs> I don't know why I was doing this yeah, up in my town. Uh, but, yeah, and anyway, got the script, um, posted it, and at the end of the year, I ended up taking the weed instead of the money. Um, and that was just the start of it all right there. Ooh. I had to sell that weed to get money. Run that bus down. Going to college. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like. Hey, the value of weed with that time, 2005, pound outdoor going for like 2,800. Oh, yeah. If it's good, sometimes even 32, which yeah. is crazy to Let's think go. about. But, and that's why all these guys are in my town are just crushing it at that time. 
I mean, like sure. growing up, you see this and you're like, holy shit, these fools are making whatever, tons of money. Yeah. Yeah. And living a good life and fucking pretty small garden manageable by like a team of people that are yeah. all their homies. Yeah. To me, that was like the light bulb clicked. Yeah. It was like, dude, you're telling me I can make money with my friends, sell weed, have freedom, like get high every day. I mean, dude, I was hooked. Yeah, yeah, from the start, I was like, this yeah, is yeah. basically what I need to be doing. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, from there, ended up going to college, um, hated it. You know, like, I was doing college to kind of appease my parents. Sure. Yeah, they were like, they wanted really wanted me to go. My weed game wasn't all that tight in the beginning, so it's like, no doubt. nobody's really believing in you off the bat. They're just like, dude, you're selling some weed. Like, what are you doing with your life, bro? Yeah. You know, and so that was kind of the vibe. So I decided to go to college. What college you go to? UNR up in Reno. Okay. University of Nevada, Reno. And, uh, I mean, I had a ball up there. I met some of my best friends that I still have to this day, and I'm really glad I went. But, like, being in school was depressing as shit to me. Yeah. I couldn't take it. And, like, hustling was the only thing that gave me a little bit of, like, anything in my life. Like, oh, this is worth it, getting up or want to do something, trying to, you know, like. Everything else was like, damn, dude, this world is fucked. I don't want to do anything else, yeah. you know? So I felt I felt a little lost in college, um, but ended up graduating with a teacher's degree. And, uh, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So, so social studies, secondary education. Uh, funny story about that was when I was graduating, I was like, you know, hustling weed. And then I got to go teach seniors over at a high school. Yeah. So that was a big fucking mind fuck. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I realized that, like? it was, I, that was when everything switched again was like, oh, I'm never going to be a teacher. This ain't it. Yeah, this is, yeah. I'm like, I'm not the guy. These little shitheads. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. be in front of the class teaching, you're high. I'd be getting high before everything yeah. at that point yeah. in my life. So I'm like, I don't know, dude. I don't think this is, <laughs> I don't think Shit, this is the bro. look, dude. So I did TAing for like a semester and I was lost at that point, to be honest, again, because, like, even though I was hustling, shit wasn't all, like, what it cracked up to be. I wasn't crushing it or nothing no like doubt. that. I was just maintaining, you know, sure. maintaining my life. So I decided to to give it all up at that point and got a real estate job, actually. Okay. Yeah. Circa, what years was this? So, yeah, that would probably be around... The 08 bubble? 20, uh, 2010, probably. 2010, okay. It took me a minute to graduate. Okay. Yeah, it took me like six and a half years, and that okay. was tough. You know, I was happy I five, did it. Bro, it's all good. Where'd you graduate from? Kane University. Jersey. There you go. Yeah, Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, did a little five year party. I mean, <laughs> you know, like it's funny looking at college. You're like, there's a lot of value that comes from it, but yeah. when you're in it, you might not be able to see it. You know, just no, like fuck no, bro. Being able to get things Networks, done on time, bro. showing up to class, doing homework, presenting projects. All these things help develop you in some way yeah. that maybe you don't noticing at Accountability the time. Accountability and shit. All yeah, that. Show so up. I'm, I'm very happy that I did complete it. But, yeah, around that time, I was kind of done with weed because it was so risky up in Reno. It was just like, this isn't the, yeah. this isn't the Grass Valley thing. Yeah, no. This so. is much different in Nevada back even, you know, back then. Now it's legal, but back then it was very illegal in Nevada. Yeah. So I decided, fuck it, I'll get this real estate job try this on for size and kind of give up you know give up the grow and give up hustling for the moment were you growing at this point too? yeah i was growing okay. in gv so i had a little garden in gv you're doing depths or outdoors like full-term season mostly full-term shit gotcha. yeah in the beginning there weren't many depths in our towns like and with the outdoor prices being so high it really yeah, it, it didn't justify it quite yet um 
but yeah, I got that real estate job. And then right within a year, I'm like depressed again. It was fucking crazy. I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like releasing property out. And I'm like, dude, I fucking hate this shit. You know, like this yeah. is, this is once again, I'm in a job that I have no passion for. I yeah. don't care about it. You know, like every day is just a drag. So I started, I started leasing out to like growers. Oh, look at you. Cause I did warehouse space. Tight. So like kind of fell back into it pretty quick. After go. a year, I was like, some people would come through and it's so funny. These dudes would come through, you know, not knowing that I'm a hustler and they're like, they're just so obvious that what they're doing is what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. It's like, dude, okay, bro, I get it. Like, you're going to grow weed in my space. Like, can you just tell me what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And the ones I had a good relationship with, we would hook them up. And then, like, Easy Clone was one of my first tenants. You know, Easy Clone. I've heard of them. The system. Yeah. yeah. They came up with, like, the Easy Clone system. They were a tenant of ours. We had some, like, mushroom guys. We had some indoor growers. And next thing you know, I'm, like, back in this little ecosystem Nice. Of hustlers and people, you nice, know. Bro. So then again, true. So yeah. So then again, I'm like, all right, what am I gonna do? I, I know I like this, but it's still risky. I don't really have it together yet. And that's when extracts came along, dude. Okay. So that's like 2011, right yeah, around yeah. there. Sure. Is. Um, I take my first dab. I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this? You know, like, yeah. like everybody, you're kind of high school high again. Yeah. You're like paranoid, tripping, like I don't want to go outside type of shit. Yeah. Which to me was like I haven't been high like that in so long. It took you so little to, so to little. make that happen. It fucked me up. Yeah. And then you look on Weed Maps, it's going for 40 or 50 a gram. Yeah. What's up, pizza fam? It's your boy JP, Good Pizza. Check this out. I've been getting a lot of questions on where I can find the fire good pizza. Check this out. We got you covered. We're in NorCal, SoCal, Central Valley, San Diego. We got you covered on the slices. Peep the list. Go check out the shop. Tell them Good Pizza sent you. Peace, love, good pizza. Shatter back then. It's yeah. going for 40 or Coke 50. Coke prices. Coke prices, you know dude. I mean? It's so funny you say that because I've said that so many times and then I've been told in interviews maybe not to say that. Right. <laughs> and, uh, but it is, bro. Hey, That's the first thing that came to mind. A good pizza podcast. Yeah, yeah. We, we can say, Coke on good yeah, we can say what we want. So, yeah, that was my thought. I was like, this is fucking cocaine pricing, dude. Like, what is this shit? Yeah. And so I just YouTubed and Facebooked my way into researching about what BHO was. Mm -hmm. And that was really the start of, of Paper Planes Extracts. From that day forward, I, I spent all my time just developing tech, fucking with growers in my hometown, taking their trim. Around that time, they're throwing away all the trim. Whoa. Nobody's on Nobody's even do distillate with it? No. Distillate's huh. like kind of coming on the scene 2011 yeah you're right those were both slow you entries. get like the dragon ball z pictures from clear scientists coming out and people yeah. being like oh what the fuck is this and it kind of you know got in the psyche but for the most part people you know it just wasn't a thing yet so yeah all the trim out of these grows people are burning at that time or they're just throwing out because cops when they would show up to raid a property they're never differentiating between trim and bud yeah that's right so, so when you are a grower and you pull your whole harvest you got everything trimmed up and out the door but yet you got 400 pounds of trim sitting there you're still at risk yes you are from somebody coming in and telling you this is not okay this is legal yeah. you're going to jail or you're getting fined one or the other right sure. so yeah it was it was an opportunity right it was like yeah. holy shit there's this product selling in stores i know how to make it 
and motherfuckers are literally burning the input material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like I think I can do this. And yeah. it took me about two months and I quit that real estate job. I made no you shit. Know, probably four times what my salary was there. In the beginning it was it was very good. Wow. You wow. know how'd you learn how to blast? There was uh YouTube, man, that's it. A YouTube BHO yeah. and like you know, from college, another thing is like you learn how to research a little bit. Yes. You learn how to find commonalities in articles and then you learn reputable sources, yeah. how to validate if somebody's bullshit and just a crazy oh, yeah. website or if they're an actual scientist yep. and they know what they're talking about. So just having that kind of knowledge, it helped me. You know, I was able to kind of weed out like who are these meth head BHO producers online because yeah, it was wild. People blowing up in their kitchens. Yeah, you know, too. and like wild shit bef between like, what is that? And then how can we do this safely, clean and, you know, not kill myself, bro? Yeah. Because it was it was sketchy. Did you blow yourself up? I've never. No. Close. I, I have a story about that. This fucking guy story. Oh, yeah, we'll save it. <laughs> OK, we'll I'll save, save that for a minute. Where are you going with this? Yeah. But so it was it was dangerous, though, you know, like learning how to do it. Um, I was downtown Sacramento in one of my really good friends and roommates apartment. He, uh, he was very kind enough to let me experiment in the apartment. You what know, a guy. he was a guy, he's still one of my good friends till today. And, uh, got to, got to research it on YouTube and just buying master cases of butane at the smoke shop yeah, you in glass tubes and coffee filters mm -hmm. and whatever. And, uh, just started doing runs, bro. I didn't start selling the shops until I felt like we had something unique. You know, in the beginning, it was just yeah. kind of like trial and error, like smoke it, see if it's good, no give doubt. it to the homies. You guys purging the we, yeah, we, out? Like, how are you pulling pulling the, the You know, the out? same websites that are still up today are like bestpurgevac.com or some but shit you were like using that. using vac? Yeah, you would do, back then, you would do a pressure pop. Mm -hmm. um, yep. With a Harbor Freight rotary vein pump, which like is, is so bad. First of all, they don't really pull all the butane out. Right. Second of all, they exhaust like this <laughs> savage <laughs> oil out of the pump that's all into your room and smells. And if oh. you're in a garage or residential area, your neighbors are like, "Yo, what the what the fuck? Yeah, is going something on over smelling here? from your garage. It's weird, you know. Like, yeah. Just raises eyebrows." um man the early days those yeah those were the early days dude i mean i i had some homies i partnered up with and uh definitely helped me you know had shared some knowledge one of them was a homie by the name of dylan from dab wars okay. he was kind of one of the first dudes who showed us how to de-wax cannabis extracts okay do you know a little bit about de-waxing de -waxing? i don't believe so Tell yeah so so when you de-wax a cannabis extract essentially in the plant in that bud that you're smoking right now there's mm -hmm. chlorophyll there's yeah. uh you know waxes and then there's lipids there's fats yes. chlorophyll and waxes those are the three main things and when you make a cannabis extract if you keep those in the product you result and usually a harsher harsher smoke not as clean of a flavor mm -hmm. and not as good of a color okay. so you end up with these three things that kind of you know make a bho extract you know look like shit and not really smoke good right so in order to remove those three items you have to drop your butane mixture down to about 
negative 80 to a negative 100, which is really cold. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about now. So yes. you would, we would, what we would do is we'd, you know, we'd blast into mason jars. These mason jars would sit inside a dry ice chest filled with dry ice and alcohol. Okay. And they'd be closed. And then within maybe an hour, all of those waxes and lipids and chlorophyll it all solidifies due to the temperature okay. and then you run that through a thing called a buchner filter okay that buchner filter catches all those waxes all the nastiness and leaves you with just thc and terpenes okay. coming out the other side so that was that was big for us learning that early on like back in 2012 when not a lot of people are doing yeah, that type bro. of thing that gave us a huge edge over the competition. Our shatter was, which was all available for BHO at the time. Our shatter was just cleaner, you know, it just, it smoked smoother. You got the taste of the terpenes from the flower we were extracting yeah. and people started to take notice. And that's when we started to hit shops. So that was like yeah. 2012. Versus that fucking just BHO fucking butane. Poop soup is what we used to Poop call soup. it. Yeah. yeah. Bro. <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of that because it's not easy taking out all of the unwanted contaminants in an extract. Yeah. It takes a lot of care on the manufacturing side, on the post-processing side. You've really got to make sure that you're, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's in order to preserve those terps. Absolutely. Or else they just go, dude. If they're so sensitive, you can end yeah. up with, you can have a really good input. And if you don't have a good extractor, they're going to give you something out the other side that's, yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and this is when Paper Planes was born. Were you always Paper Planes? And how did yeah. you get that name? Yeah. Um, Paper Planes started in 2012, right after we learned that tech. Originally, I founded it with a group of guys, which I won't mention their names, but they know who they are. And uh, they all helped me. And they all fucking, we worked together. We rented a huge like mansion in Newcastle, actually. And we got together and started just blasting, dude. Nice. And so that's when it was really formed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice, bro. So it's 2012, 13 now. You're you're starting to hit the stores. It's the Prop 215 model. Yeah. Where does it go from there? Oh, um, I have such a crazy story. That's why I'm sorry this is taking so long. But no, it's, bro, like, it's good. wild. No, yeah, hit so, me, bro. This so, is what we're here so for. So in 2013, my good partner who I started the business with, a lot of them were sending weed back east. Okay. Okay. And like they were doing it from the same house that we had our lab at. Ooh. Yeah. And so we didn't know about any of this. Return but address at the crew? I don't know all the details, but there was a dude that was living with us and a couple guys that were just hustling, bro. You know, no, no, like, no shade. It is what it is. Everybody's trying to get their money and whatnot. But the fact was, is that from that location, this guy got a call from a DEA officer and was like, you know, you're under investigation for shipping packs da, 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 da. we're keeping an eye on this we know about this and and he didn't tell us that he got that call for like a week it, yeah it was a little you know at the time we were all upset looking back it is what it is but he didn't tell us for like a week and that really split up our core group of founders so yeah. when that happened a lot of people were so sketched out that they didn't want to blast anymore. Yeah. And then others were being advised by their attorney that like, look, dude, if you get caught manufacturing, you're going to jail for three to five years. If you get caught with a grow, it's a slap on the wrist. Essentially, you might see some jail time, but in like Grass Valley and those places, none of my friends ever got arrested and, yeah. and went to jail. They usually got fined 
and they usually got their plants chopped, you know, shit like that. But if you oh, had a lawyer sure. and you were eat decent and kind of knew the game, you weren't going to see a lot of jail time. Yeah. But for manufacturing, you fucking would. They charge you as a drug manufacturer. Of meth. Yeah, of meth. Same t- same charge. And yeah. it's because it was such a risk. You had people blowing You had people blowing up houses. Yeah. So that really caused the the, you know, kind of the frenzy within our core group of friends. Like... I don't think this is what I want to fucking do anymore, you know? So at that point, you know, I bought back the company from those two or three people and uh, it took like everything. It was all the money I had. It was like everything I saved up. But I still believed in it. For me, I didn't have another thing. I was all in on paper planes. There was no plan B. I'd let go of my gardens. I wasn't hustling weed anymore. I was just an extract guy now all of a sudden, right? So I felt like, fuck it, I'll, I'm going to, you know, purchase the equity back and just keep stretching down this path and see what happens. Okay. Um, so at that point, we all split up and I ended up moving back to Grass Valley. So we lived in Newcastle at that time. And then I got a spot way up on the hill. It's like out in Grass Valley, there's roads that are dirt roads that go forever. And there's hundreds yeah. of houses that are at the end of them. And you kind of live with a whole new community of folks up there on the yep. hill whereabouts in g valley were you it's north san juan is oh, the, ridge. The, ridge. the ridge you know, the ridge Shout yeah the ridge, bro. yeah so that was big ups the ridge. the ridge is where all the best weeds grown in our town and Fucking where right. it's 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 its own community too it's so yeah. separated from nevada city and grass is, valley that the ridge is its own thing and people kind of stay up there and you can disappear up in that bitch i mean really nobody's good. coming up there as long as you stay in your house and you're not doing a bunch of crazy shit you can kind of you know extract is what i needed to do right yeah, yeah, yeah i was like i need a safe place to do bho extracts out in the open without neighbors and like i need to be outside that's the other yeah. thing about you BHO. open blasting outside yeah okay gotcha. yeah like but if you were to do that inside in a sketchy situation you're really putting yourself at risk yeah it's like you don't know what the wiring is in your the house therm- your the, stove the, your refrigerator the, those pilot lights and your fucking so fingers. much yeah. shit that people were stupid and not thinking about so i yeah. knew we needed a, a spot to, to just be out in the open and, and kind of do our no thing. No closed loops yet. No closed loops yet. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> still open blasting. And I mean, dude, every day when you're open blasting is like, they call it running for a reason. They call it running because you're, you're amped up, dude. You're over that butane and like, you know that that butane is a bomb. Is a bomb. <laughs> and you're not doing it safe. So your <laughs> adrenaline and your cortisol, dude, is spiked all day. Yeah, you're just like over that shit, and that's what it was. We called it running, and like, you run, what are you running today? You know, and we'd stay up all night, bro. Just we're addicted. I mean, we really were addicted to it. Like just seeing the oil come out and the fucking pyrexes and whipping them, just batch after batch after batch. Yeah, so different than a grow cycle of three yeah. to four months. <laughs> yeah, you're like, dude, I can print the shit. Like you can print there's it. There's yeah. trim everywhere. You know, yeah. like tell me when to go. So we all were kind of. It was just me and another homie who I just had his not a partner but just let me help at this house him and i are just out there all night dude just and then packaging our own shit too oh wow so like small group running it ourselves purging it ourselves packaging ourselves and then driving oh, down to dude. san jose organics was one of the 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 best clubs for us at the time so we go to san jose a lot and then back up to the hill um did that until we saved like 30 grand for a closed loop there you go yeah yeah so nice. as soon as we as soon as we had some money saved up dude we uh we drove that cash down to LA and we met up with the owners of Emotech 
which okay. was a closed loop company at the time. The, uh, the owners were pretty unique individuals. They were more than just extraction equipment guys. They had also kind of started what we now know as live resin. Oh, no shit. Yeah, they were one of the first people in the game, and they're out in Denver at this time, to take frozen weed, put it inside a closed-loop system, yeah. and then extract it with negative 50, negative 60-degree tain and keep that frozen through the extraction. And so the first time I got trained on a closed-loop, these guys are showing me live resin. Oh, shit. So I was really fortunate. You it was were like lucky you got lucky, that tech, dude. bro. And what year was this? This is probably... I've been, you know, to 2014, okay. 2013, wow. 2014. That's early, bro. It's early, yeah. It's There's only a few people that know about it. The guys that do are all these core group of extractors. And Emotech was responsible for a lot of us knowing about this and then experimenting with it. Yeah. Like, okay, what can we do with this? This is really unique because we're tasting things like we've never tasted before. Yeah. That was much different than Shatter sure. and Trim Runs. Sure. Shatter and Trim Runs were, by all means, great at the time because we had nothing to compare it against. But the second you had live resin extraction, it was a whole new game. So they they kind of put me on game. First time I went down there, purchased the system, they showed me a run, and they were even kind enough to let me run my high times cup entry with them down there. Oh shit. Which is super dope. Like wow. still to this day I'm thankful to these dudes. Yeah. Like they were like, if you got fire, bring it down. I was like, all right, I mean I got some fire ass indoor. I called yeah. up my homie Blake who he runs a thick cannabis now in Oklahoma, but he used to be the manager over at North Star okay. Holistic Collective and uh, got some super fire grape jelly off of him. Grape jelly donut, I think nice. is what it was. He was the breeder of it and he'd been working on this project for a while. So I was stoked to get it. And we brought that down to L.A. and we ran it and we ended up placing like fifth in, in the in the cup. Nice, bro. So as our first entry. We we're like, That's oh, awesome. this is fucking cool. Maybe we know something, you know? Like, yeah. maybe there's something to this that these guys are teaching us and that we've learned over the past couple of years. And, uh, yeah, from that point, you know, started fucking running on closed loops, too. Was that a live resin entry? Um, that was or a live That was a live resin entry. Nice, yeah, so bro. I think that would have been 2013 or 14, which was around our first entry. Nice. And real quick, if you could just briefly just explain to my audience, I feel I know a lot of people know, but some people don't. What's an open blast and what's a closed loop? Yeah, so hand me that can of butane right there, yeah. real quick, because this is the easiest way to visualize open blasting. It sure is. Here you go, pal. Imagine just like you have a glass tube, you know, this bottle, but it's cut out the bottom. You would just take this fucking. Tain, <laughs> and boom, you start hitting it, right? And yeah. it's going to drip down over that weed. And then right when it gets to the bottom, it's going to go through a coffee filter, a micro screen, and then it's going to drip into a hot Pyrex. Yeah. And when it hits that hot Pyrex, that butane starts to evaporate. Yeah. And when butane evaporates, it, it sits on the ground, which is a weird thing that a lot of people didn't know about butane. Oh, yeah. So it flows over that pan, mm -hmm. and then it, like, if we were in this room blasting, the whole room would be covered with tame. Yeah. Even on, like, I've heard stories of dogs running through lawns that people were blasting on that <laughs> sparked the whole lawn, and then boom. Because oh it, even God, outside, dude. it's it's sitting down low. It's not raising up and going, you know, out. Fuck. So that, that's the trippy part about open blasting and why it's extremely dangerous. No one should do it this day and age, like, it's so stupid. Yeah, there's yeah. closed loops for everything. Do not open blast. It's there's no point to it. You're not gonna get better product. You're not gonna you're not gonna execute anything besides like maybe blowing yourself up. Yeah. Losing, you know, your face. 
Like yeah. it's, it's real. Like you can yeah. you can get burns all over your body, and you know. So I highly suggest nobody does that. But in the beginning, we didn't know. Yeah. We just didn't know. No doubt. You know, and nobody it took did. yeah, it took a while to learn. And uh, so yeah, so then we're running on a closed loop. And then, dude, I once again, like my friend who's helping me blast, he's like, dude, I can't do this shit anymore. It's just too much. Um, Scary. Yeah, I'm up all night. I'm here every fucking day. I'm driving. He was driving an hour from Chico back and forth. Damn. Yeah, he was putting in work. I mean, and I was a little bit of a psycho, too, at that time. I mean, I'm much different now than I was then. I was, like, so, like, hyper-focused on making this brand come to life that a lot of times I wasn't a pleasant person to be around. No doubt. So, like, he was like, I'm over this shit. You're just grinding. This is, like, this is crazy. Fucking, we're splitting ways, right? So then I'm on my own again, dude. So then I'm trying to figure out what am I going to do? Like, you know, I can't really stay up on the hill any longer. Like, this is just not the place. Like, I'm not really connected to the game up here. I'm so far removed from shit. It's an yeah. hour drive into town every time. Hill life is tough, bro. It's tough. And I, I did it for a couple of years. And at that point, uh, I moved everything to L.A. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so I had a, a good friend, Spencer from Crown OG. He uh, he wanted to do BHO, and I didn't have anybody left to work with, dude. I was on my own. I was like, I need a team. Like, I need people who want to do this shit. Yeah. And so Spencer just wanting to kind of get involved, it's like, fuck it. Packed up all my shit, drove down there, started doing runs for Crown OG. Do you know that brand by any chance? It sounds familiar. They were big back in the day. Yeah, it and sounds familiar. They had a really good OG cut, like, you know, any of the rest of the dudes in L.A. had, but really one of the good ones. And uh, started extracting for them for, I don't know, six or eight months in L.A. Okay. Yeah, and kind of gave Planes a back burner moment. It was like, okay. I just I can't do it all alone. These guys have a team of people. Maybe this is an opportunity to start another manufacturing lab for another brand or something like that. There you go. You know, like, dude, you're grasping at straws a lot of this time. People think that it's like, you know, you're always making money and shit. It's not like that. Yeah, I was bro, reinvesting man. all my money or I was blowing it on dumb shit. Like, it wasn't like like I was making all this fucking dough and had like, oh, I can hire a team of employees yeah. and fucking crush it. You know, it was really like just staying alive and, and trying to make it. And at that point, we're in L.A. I'm running in like the Valley, dude, in some sketchy fucking warehouse Within six months, I left. Oh, boy. It was, like, a whole new scene. I'm from yeah. NorCal. Yeah. There's real gangs in L.A. There's real motherfuckers down there that are, like, they'll, yeah. they'll hogtie you. They'll shoot you. They'll take your shit. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. Up in Grass Valley, it's a very unique area where, like, you don't deal with that shit. Yeah. You keep your circle pretty cool. Nobody's jacking you or fucking. Yeah. You're not getting, like, hogtied and a gun pointed at you. That really didn't happen in our town. But as soon as I moved to L.A., bro, I heard stories of that shit all the time. And I was like, oh, this is a this is a different fucking game. Oh, it's a different world down and there. And like boy. I might get I might get into some trouble down here. So I fucking left there, dude. I was like, I'm out. I packed yeah. up my equipment, my oven. At that point, I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna get this brand back going. Like, just not sure. What year was this? This is probably now twenty fifteen. Okay. Um <laughs> ended so once again no money just got my equipment like what am i going to do to try to get this thing started again and uh i ended up at that point another homie it was just a grower he's like you can rent my garage nice super cheap out in granite bay was very thankful to this dude for helping me out and he was like look you can you can run in this garage as long as you want move your fucking clothes loop in pay me rent 
do what you got to do. And uh, so at that point, I'm fully alone, dude, just running it by myself at this point. No partners, no friends, nothing. Just grinding in this fucking garage like I've been doing for yeah. five years now at this point. Yeah. No windows, just oil, oil, oil. Yep. Try to move it, package it, da-da-da. I mean, I'm really like, at this point, bro, I'm pretty rent thin. Like, yeah, after four or five years of grinding like that, I was just like, wasn't healthy. I'm not working out. I'm not doing hobbies or things that I enjoy doing. Yeah. I'm literally cut off i'm just like an oil guy and yeah. that's my life if i talk to you it's because you either smoke oil with me or you need it or whatever or you want to get something processed yeah but like other than that i don't have like a social life or anything like that and uh just kept pushing through and i met a like the one of the guys who really changed my life one of the dudes uh I'm not going to mention his name, but he runs one of the largest dispensary chains in Sacramento. Oh, no shit. And uh, was a really, really good dude. And he saw something in our product and in me. Every time I would do drops to him, he's like, dude, your product really is special. I'm like, fucking somebody's noticing. You know, yeah, at this yeah, point, yeah. I'm like, thank God. You know, yeah. like it, it was moving, but it wasn't like moving like crazy. And he was like, no, dude, you, this shit moves every time it hits. It's priced right. Like, I want to do this. Like. I got a whole setup for you. You don't have to be out in the fucking cuts on the hill. You don't have to be in the valley. You ain't got to be out in fucking Grass Valley. Like, yeah. I got a spot. I own the whole fucking property. Okay. You know, like, these guys are the real deal now. They're like, and yeah. I'm going to give you a deal. You know, 50-50, we'll fucking go in on this venture together. You'll move all your product through my shops and my distributor shops that we have. And they really put me on, dude. And at that time, I was so thankful because, as you know, it was just five years of grinding and ups and downs and you know, just trying to survive. And so that, that guy really gave me a, a huge opportunity. Wow. That's I was dope, very bro. thankful. Shout out to him. Yeah, and that, that was sick. I'm very curious who this is. I'll, I'll ask tell you after the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll know. No doubt. Everybody knows him a sec. He's the man. Um, but, yeah, once we got that, dude, it changed everything. Now we had employees. We had a team of people. We had a little bit of funding. Not mm. much, but, like, enough to where, like, if you needed 20 or 30 grand to hire people, you could do that. Yeah. And that's when I really learned how to run a business. Like up until that point, I'm just hustling. Now I'm seeing guys like really run businesses. Like, oh, there's yeah. accounting, there's inventory managers, there's retail managers, there's fucking all these people that are involved and in, like, finally I get access to all these things. Yeah. And that's what really made the business grow. Nice. It was like, I, I could only do so much alone. I needed a team and a safe spot to operate. And yeah. once that happened, it went, through through the roof nice bro yeah and that's when that was like the first sign of any success was 2017 probably okay and that's when i felt like finally we we're getting some breathing room like fuck yeah bro. yeah it's a special year for me man that's why i moved out here it is 2017 oh, yeah shit. august 1st bro that's awesome yeah that was a good year it's one of my favorite year. years of my life same here bro. yeah everything in the industry was perfect at that time you had like variety of weed every shop i'm going to i'm buying like 400 dollars worth of products before i leave because yeah. there's fire being dropped from all the yeah. homies so many variations bro. yeah and so we have like one and a half maybe two great years yeah. prop 64 <laughs> right prop 64 so at that time in my life i'm feeling like dude i made it yeah this is it we're printing money shit's good yeah this business is gonna survive and yeah. then boom reset button dude. yeah here comes the bullshit, the license, the taxes, you fucking name it. So this is kind of will bring us up to current speed. But the next part was was really tricky because when it went legal, the group that I was involved with, once again, 
didn't want to invest capital into manufacturing. They wanted to invest it into retail or into cultivation. Gotcha. So they let go of all their manufacturing partners. Ooh. And once again, I had to buy back all the equity in my business, Fuck. which was every dollar I had. Damn it. Man. Saved up again. Damn, bro. So then I actually did went to a really close friend and grower in my town, and he helped me out with purchasing that equity. And he's now a partner in ownership in our company today. And cool. as you can see, there's these key people that helped me. Like I couldn't have no done doubt. this shit alone. There's a lot of people that helped me through the path. And like, I was so thankful that he was, and him and I put together the money and bought back that equity. So nice. here I am, 2018, I own my whole company, which is nice, but I don't have a facility. I don't know how to get back in the game because now there's all these fucking, you know, regulations. Yeah. I've seen what it's like to be somewhat legitimate and I don't want to go back to the hill or trapping or some garage. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, what the fuck? How's there's it another crossroad. What are we going to do, dude? Yeah. And I spent a year and a half scrambling. I mean, I kept my product in the market through like white label shit and third party packagers and just kind of doing the thing. But I was scrambling like at that point we started consulting for other labs. Okay. So you had like new money come in the industry in 2018. Yes. And that new money was stupid money. And a lot of yeah. it was people that were inexperienced that would go blow four or $5 million on a grow or a manufacturing facility. And then within a year and a half, they were almost out of business. They didn't know what they were really doing. Yeah. And they needed guys like us to come in and be like, dude, what this, you this is bad. Yeah, like <laughs> you're making, this isn't live resin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't chatter. I don't know what you're making it here. No but doubt. Like, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. So we, me and my really good friend, Clint, uh, started consulting for, for these guys. Clint was one of the dudes who made it with me off buying the equity and, and stayed on the okay. team. So it was just like me and Clint at this time. We had two people. We start consulting, and uh, long story short, they went under. And uh, when they went under, I I got lucky. I was always searching for a partner and somebody who could help with capital. Um, and on one day, my really good friend called me. He actually used to be my neighbor. He was like, "Dude, I want you to meet this guy. I just think that like you and him should meet." You know, I was like, "All right, fuck it. I got nothing to lose at this point. I'll meet whoever you want." So we drive yeah. over to this guy's warehouse. He's like in the middle of setting up a huge distillate lab got obviously got money or had money investors yeah. and like but he's starting to realize that that distillate lab is going to go to zero at this time in the market it was not wise to invest tens of millions of dollars into a distillate lab. oh no, sir yeah so he he was smart <laughs> enough to realize that yeah and he was asking around for consults and people to come help him okay so my my homie put us together and from the day we met, his name's Paul Weiss, uh, we clicked, dude. Um, he had everything I was looking for in a business partner, and I think I had the same for him. So, like, he needed a cannabis guy who knew the game, knew the network, knew the business, knew extracts to really show him that. And I needed a financial guy to show me how to raise mm -hmm. capital, how to fucking organize a team properly, how to, like, get a PR firm, how to get, you know, marketing, all this shit that really i wasn't thinking too clearly about i was solely focused on product most of the time yeah uh and we clicked dude and within a year we raised the first two million and bought that lab that went out of business this is up in woodland right yeah yep okay so i'm gonna give you some some uh some what do they call it some common thread what's up guys just want to take a quick break to shout out my sponsor the Gotti brand listen if you want to find the real fire in california Go check out the Gotti brand. They got what you want. They're in NorCal, SoCal, Central Valley, San Diego, 
all over the state of California. Here's the list. Go check them out. Tell them Good Pizza sent you. The Gotti brand got you guys covered. Yeah. So at this point in time, in my cannabis career in California, yeah. I was helping Chris mm-hmm. start Higher Vibrations and Powerhouse Distro. We were also in that lab when you came in. Somehow we just kept missing each other. Yeah. But we were working with that lab. We were white labeling their stuff. It was we called were, ProTerp. ProTerp. That was it. ProTerp yeah. up in Woodland, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there was uh, Raina. Was yep. it Raina? Was there? I don't What's know. her name? Uh, it was uh, Nuri. Nuri. Nuri, yeah. Nuri From was what I'm talking about. Nuri. Yeah. And, yeah, the other dude, I forget his name. Ron. Maybe Chris. Ron. Ron, Ron, yeah. Ron. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> man, it was a while ago, guys. Um yeah, man. So I remember, I remember you coming up in there, and then Chris was saying, "Yeah, Carter from Paper Planes here." I was like, "Oh, word, that's what's up, man." And then, uh, yeah, that that lab was the beginning of a lot of things. Apparently, it it was that's cool. Yeah. So um, continue. Yeah. So we we raised the money. We purchased it from Ron and Nuri. They, okay. you know, they they were no longer involved and didn't want to do the business anymore for their own reasons. And yeah. and at that point, we took it over, and it was. It was just like a dream come true, man. I was like, nice. holy shit. Like, you're telling me I got a license to legally extract butane hash oil in a fucking fireproof booth. Yeah. Like, dude, that was it for me. I was yeah. like, this is, I made it. Like, fucking thank God. Like, yeah. I can, I don't have to, like, leave my house wondering if I'm going to show up. Someone's going to burn it down. I don't have to wonder if I'm going to burn it down. Like, this is a safe way to extract, and it should yeah. be. This is how it should be done. Yeah. For growers, they might have thought differently, but for us extractors, I think we were pretty relieved that things went legal. It was yeah. fucking, it was risky. I think a lot of us would have ended up in jail, you know, yeah. or, or dead or burned. Yeah. And, like, bro. so for, for manufacturers, we were stoked that we were able to get a legal lab, get it going. And uh, that was June of 2021. Wow. Yeah. So That's that, fire. That was my 10-year journey. Wow, dude. That's a fucking journey, bro. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a lot. And I've learned from all my mistakes. Incredible. I've had a lot of hard times. I've had a lot of good times. But all in all, if you don't love what you're doing, you're never going to push through those crazy fucked up moments in your life. And, like, that's my biggest advice to people is, like, dude, find something you love. If you live in America... Find something you love and monetize it as yeah. quickly as possible. That's it's a just, good one, bro. It's just like that's the key to, so this country's to living a fulfilled life yeah. here and being able to, you know, not feel like you're in a dead-end job or not yeah. feel unhappy. You spend half, more than half your life working. Yeah. My dad's still working. He's 70. People work. That's what they do. Yeah. You know, that's the country where we live in. And if you want to... You know, at least try to make some fun out of it. Even though my story was hard and tough, I wouldn't change a thing. I love, I loved that I went through all those things. Love that it was a journey. Looking back on it, it's so crazy to think that we're still here. And so, you know, find something you love and, and go after it, dude. That's yeah. it. That's great advice. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, man, you gotta make your own plans. Or you'll fall into somebody else's plans. And guess what they got planned for you? Not much. <laughs> yeah, nothing. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know Whoa. it's. It's tricky, you know, being a business owner and then, you know, previously being employees to other businesses. Yeah, you, you have to make a decision. Some people are okay with working for other people, yeah. and I got no issue with that. That's all Employee, good, man. That's great. You got to have great employees. And we some people employees. don't want the responsibility and the pressure and the fucking craziness of making payroll and making sure everybody's good yeah. and paying insurance. And like, I'll blame them. It's a lot. It's yeah, not so I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody has to do that. I'm just saying for me, it really worked and kept my head up and like kept it in the game knowing yeah. that I had this passion for oil 
and cannabis people really yeah it was the people that tribe, i was bro. meeting yeah you're like oh these people are cool as fuck yeah like these yeah, people yeah. are good people dude Shout out I don't, to the community, yeah bro. like they really are yeah. you know there's some bad actors but for the most part you're getting like really good folks who care about their families their friends want to do right by each other yeah and that's very rare in business yeah very rare very rare. do you have these two things it's it's normally business is about making money yeah and and it, it gets washed out of like community culture friendship and i think what's really unique about the cannabis industry and what we come from is like we all kind of protect each other watch out for each other we're loyal to each other have the same vision you know and all that kind of keeps you yeah. keeps you going throughout the day and we all put it all on the line that's a and huge, we all risked it, risked it for the biscuit. You know what I'm saying? We have that mutual respect for each other. Like, yeah, you know, we all live in, a, in this other world, yeah. this underworld, you know, for so many years, man. And, like, we all got the war stories. And, like, we might even know some of the same yeah. people and been through a lot of the same yeah. shit, bro. And, and then everything that you said as well. Like, that is a lot of it. When you do bro. put your life on the line, whether you're realizing it or not at the time, I don't think I realized the risk I was taking, you know, blast open, blasting and shit. I was oh. more just, just focused and going. Mm-hmm looking back like you're like holy shit yeah like dude that could have changed my whole entire life yeah you bro. know like and and yeah putting that on the line and others like yourself and other people in the community have done the yeah. same thing it does it builds up a certain level of respect because you realize that these people believed so much in cannabis being available to everybody on the planet without any restrictions yeah. that they were willing to just keep going keep going yeah. and just not take no for an answer and yeah. that's how we got cannabis legalized it's like such a great story of of people of what people yeah. can actually accomplish if you really believe in it and you're not paying attention to what other people are saying or how they're trying to influence you no doubt it's like we all were committed and next thing you know weed's legal and it wouldn't be if it weren't for generations before me who did gorilla grows in grass oh, valley dude. and took the real big risk yeah. for all of us those Fed first guys was, yeah those yeah. guys really saw Football some jail numbers, and bro. shit I remember one of the old guys in my town, he, he used to tell me, he's like, bro, we used to think about robbing banks, but they're giving you less time for growing weed than robbing banks, so we're just going to grow weed now. Yeah, yeah, real outlaws, bro. <laughs> real outlaws, you yeah. Like, those are different people than what we see in the industry yeah. today, but, like, that's what it took in the beginning is, like, these group of committed individuals say, fuck it, and then now it's, you know, progressed over the years into what it is today, but it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing, and I'm, I'm super stoked to be a part yeah, of it. Yeah, same, man. Now look, these spoiled little brats. Respectfully, I'm just breaking balls. So I'm old head, but man, we got you know just fucking mm-hmm. trapping them with their thumbs, bro. All day DMs and, and apps dude, and shit, trap apps and shit. You feel there's me? There's a whole fucking it's not scam fault. culture too and out there. Scam culture dude. too, dog. People, That's a whole other part. What of the happened? Game. What is up with people like being proud of being scammers? Scammers. Dude. That's a whole like, hustle. rappers are talking about it. Like they're stoked on it. They're like flexing. It's like, it's like a it's a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. It's a le- not a legit hustle. Yeah. It's a shady ass grimy hustle. To me, it's so much shadier than even like selling crack. Like fucking. It is. Bro. <laughs> at least you're doing you're something. Just, at least we all know what we signed up for. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. That's yeah. fucking wild, bro. Yeah, so that, sure. that that is one hell of a story, my friend. So so where you are right now, yeah. um, you know, what do you how do you feel about the state of the game right now, bro? For me, I can speak to the BHO, you know, like yeah. for the, the state of BHO, it's taken some wild turns and I think everybody's aware of this, but you know, when 2018 happened and all these new extractors come in they wiped out a really healthy bho market like overnight i mean the extractors that i came up with like 
Dabalicious, fucking Stuck Up Extracts. Who else was in Gold Coast Extracts? Rump Wax was one of the first ones. Uh, Moxie's still around. But, like, most of these guys are gone. Yeah. They're not extracting anymore, yeah. at least in a recreational market. No they're doubt. doing their might be doing their thing, but products disappeared off the shelves of good BHO and in came the rosin wave. And like so you had yeah, you had buddy. these really unique innovations in the rosin category where they had learned how to come up with equipment to, you know, standardize and scale rosin, which yeah. was the biggest issue and why rosin <clears throat> wasn't probably readily available is the labor is very intense, yeah. drying process. It's a sensitive, you know, thing, and it's a lot of touch points, and so it's hard to really scale that up. But once this new equipment came in, and then the BHO guys get pushed out, there's a huge rosin wave, yeah. and it's like that's what everybody's dabbing now. Overnight, sure. people gave up on BHO because all the BHO was CRC'd. Yeah, all bro. these new extractors. It's Ooh, so weird. It's gross. It's bro. so weird that they did this, but all the new extractors, like, they just started CRCing. And I know I really don't understand it to this day. I've given it a shot. I've tried it in my lab. I've tried to make it work and see the good in it and be like, is there something there? And every time I dab it, I'm not getting a true representation of no, that strain. There is some chemical shit background mixed in there. Yeah. I don't care if the color is good. I don't care if the consistency is fire. Bro. Fuck all that. I need to have flavor and potency and smoothness, yeah. you know, yeah. in my dab. And so. Yeah. You know, we smell it. Yeah, it, it the state of the BHO industry is tough. What we do now is we take all of our best BHO and put it in our cartridges. Hell yeah. Like, you know, we still offer BHO dabs, but it's such a, a dying breed of people that yeah. that do live resin dabs. It is. Our shatter, on the other hand, sells like fucking crazy still. Which is shatter? I'm selling what the fuck? twenty, thirty thousand grams a month, dude. Whoa. Package all day. How many stores you in, bro? About 150 right now. Nice. Dude. Yeah. You have your own distro? Or you we it? use Nabis right now. Oh, Nabis. Yeah. Right, so it, we've cool. we've gone back and forth in distros, but for right now, Nabis yeah, has been great. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know they're doing good for us. So we're with Nabis, but yeah, like it's funny watching you know people just dab ten dollar, fifteen dollar grams of shatter like it's going out of style. Yeah. But yet the live resin isn't being dabbed, and it's because why is that? You think it's a price point thing. Price point, yeah. They're the running in lower. Yeah, they're shatters low enough to where they're like, dude, I can buy fucking ten grams for 150 bucks. Yeah, smoke all good. week, gram a yeah. day, easy yeah. and be good. Which I love. That's why we provide it. Like yeah. we want people. To, I didn't like I said. I didn't come from money. Didn't have money. Like money on weed. You spend a lot of money on weed if you're a yeah. consumer. So especially like, especially if you're ahead. Too. Especially if you're ahead. So you gotta like, you know, we want to yeah. provide somebody that can have a daily smoker that you don't have to make a couple no hundred doubt. grand a year. Yeah. No doubt. I was gonna ask you, are you guys uh, doing rosin at all? I was curious. No, not right now. Any uh, plans to do it? Or yeah, no? I've got plans to do it, okay. and I've played around with it a few times. I love all hash. I should yeah, say I'm that. Sure. Like, yeah, I, sure. dude, good rosin or good resin, it don't matter. I yeah. mean, if the plant and the extractor did their job. Exactly. It's going to taste fire, exactly. you know, and it's going to do what you need it to do. So we do have plans, but we've got we've got a lot going on between our vape line, our fast-acting nano serum. We've got grows now. Saw that. Congrats, yeah, we've got dude. cultivation. Thank you. And uh, so rosin's taking a backseat. It's also, if you look at rosin and BHO dabable sales, it is a shrinking category when you look at, like, headset data and shit like that. Is that right? Yeah. So, like, the Your distro has good data. Yeah. The majority of the market is weed. That's what's still being sold. Yeah. It's all flower. And then you have vapes really being kind of that next, next one. major yeah. market that you can scale. So we've decided to 
focus on vapes really that's what we're doing yeah we believe that we have something special in that category when we get to the end of the show i'm going to run you through all these cartridges and i'm going to show you that you can make a cured trim run cart taste almost as good if not better than a live resin cart nice which to a consumer is extremely valuable oh yeah because the price point bro yeah so now we can get you a cartridge that normally would cost 45 at like 25. Yeah, that's not CRC. It's not CRC. Yeah. It's ran from the best growers in Cali and our own farms. And uh, we'll check all the boxes for you. Yeah. So that's what we're focused on. Yeah, that's it. I'm sure there's a rigorous um, storage process for that to happen. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. timeline, storage. You know what happens to the trim as soon as it's trimmed. You know what I mean? Shit like that. Yeah. It's got to be. Because if, if, I just saw the car. It's. That motherfucker's yellow, yes. light, looking live <laughs> as fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, there's only one other company, I think, no chlorophyll. that even takes the time to get trim like we do, and they yeah. do a great job of yeah, it, and that's no. Cold Fire. Oh, Cold Fire, yeah, Cold yeah. Fire, sure. extra. they do great work. Sure. Like, I tried his pens yeah, probably bro. three years ago, and, like, if it weren't for companies like Cold Fire, we wouldn't have any inspiration to go do these things. Like oh, I no said, shit. like, the yeah. community that we had from 2012 to 2017 was very, like, pushing each other to make better live resin, yeah. make better cartridges. And then that kind of disappeared. Yeah. And so when I got back on the scene, I bought one of his carts and I was like, dude, this is how a fucking cart should be. Yeah. Finally, somebody did it. Yeah. And that inspired me. I was yeah. like, dude, sick. You're telling me people are buying this? Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, let's make it. Like, we know how to do that. And no it doubt. was so cool to see that company, they're crushing it. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. see them come up and develop this category, which for our, you know, larger ca- category and genre of BHO is really good. Nice. It's, it's showcasing strains, how they should be showcased, extracted the right way. And when you do use butane correctly, I am going to say that I do love butane way more than water. Like just seeing what an extraction, what you can achieve with butane is wild. When you yeah. get a turp layer that's four inches thick. Jesus. Those rosin guys, do their shit juices a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> they get yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see the turp player? It's fucking, you know, it's like yeah. a thin sheet of glass no over doubt. the top. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't have turps, but it's like, it's so different, the turps that you're no extracting doubt. with butane. You're getting these really liquid, watery, pure flavored terpenes yeah. that go perfect in a vape cart. Yeah. Because they're already liquid and water like that, mm-hmm. you don't have to fuck with them and heat them up too much yeah, to yeah, decarb yeah. them and like, do all this fancy shit that ruins the taste of an oil. Yeah. Yeah. So I weigh on that side no of doubt. like that debate, but I think a lot of people would, if they've come to a BHO lab, yeah, if they've seen it. I gotta be honest with you. Um, you know, the decarb process and you know, the, we'll call it just cooking. We're not going to mm-hmm. no tech or temps, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, you, you do have to cook it to turn it liquid. Right. And I've honestly, done side by sides with the liquid liquid live rosin versus liquid live resin and man it's not too much of a difference no. at all no it's not at all and, and i that, feel like i get higher sometimes off bho am i bugging no and <laughs> why is my that? theory on that i have a theory sometimes I don't no know. i have a theory on this if don't you shoot smoke bho forever like i have yeah. and then you take a rosin dab you're gonna get lit off that rosin okay if you smoke rosin and flour all day okay. and you don't smoke a ton of bho then when you hit that BHO, it's going to, and that's Maybe like, that's why. Maybe that's why. That's probably what it that's is. Why. It's just you build up a tolerance to a certain kind of extract. Yeah. And yeah, that's why, bro, like, I like smoking other people's shit and yeah. not just my own. I think everybody does if you're in the industry. It's like yeah. you want to try what your homies got because, like, it'll get you that high again. Like, yeah. you smoking your shit all yeah, day. Yeah, bro. What do you got, dude? You got some good Always, shit? Man. Yeah. And that's, Always. That's fun to do with people, you know? Yeah. 
Hell yeah. Um, what what kind of advice would you give somebody in your lane in the space right now, bro? Like an extractor on to come up or establish still. Hang on struggling. to as much equity in your company as you possibly can. Yeah. Uh, when you're raising capital, you will dilute yourself. Um, but a hundred percent or like fifty percent of a watermelon is better than a hundred percent of a grape. Yeah. So keep perspective. Yeah. Like you're gonna have to give up pieces of your company. You're gonna have to raise money if you yeah. want to do recreational, unless you yeah. have a rich family. I mean, yeah. I can tell you that we're on the very low end of fundraising. Yeah. We've raised about six and a half million dollars so far, and that's nothing compared to what. Yeah. But that's a lot of fucking money. It is a lot of fucking. It's money. like I started this with nothing, with five hundred dollars, built up this business, and then now you're telling me we need that type of funding to pay taxes, employees, insurance, regulations, testing, distribution fees, yeah. the list gets deep. Oh yeah. So you need this like, come in correct if you're gonna enter the rec market. Don't just like, you know, half asset, unless you've got your hustle down. Some people know how to do that shit. And yeah. That is what it is. But like, if you wanna do an extract brand specifically, you know, don't white label your shit, first of all. That's huge. I mean, like, if you want to be a real extractor, make your own product and release it into the market with your name on it. That's right. You know, we do that. We also do white label for other brands. So it's like, it is what it is. But I think that would be it. Just get your shit together, have capital, hang on to as much equity as you can. Don't get, don't get like God on some bad money. You know, we have yeah. really good investors and a really good support team. And that's due to my CEO, Paul. I'm the yeah. president and the founder. Paul, my partner, is the CEO. He handles all the financial shit. I handle all the weed shit. So, yeah. like, find your guy. Find your guy. Find your guy. Yeah. Yeah, those are a few what of the What would be advice for finding that guy? It's going to be who you hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, circles. It's, yeah, circles. It's interesting, you know, like... Even if they're like your best friends, if you only hang out with your best friends all the time and you don't meet anybody else in life, then that's who you're gonna know. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But like, if you do wanna meet new people in life, then you have to have new experiences and you have to be open to the idea of meeting with people that maybe don't see the world like you do. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. But like, you need a good business partner who understands your vision and understands what you wanna execute, but they don't have to be a trap star and like be in our community. No they really don't. It's like, this is a business, just find, a good guy who knows finances, who knows capital, get get that on your team because you're going to want it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That is yeah. good advice, bro. So where does it go from here, man? What's the next 510 look like for you, big dog? The next 510, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for us right now is just maintaining California. I mean, okay. really, like, we're, we're not – where we want to be quite yet you know we see ourselves as being one of the top vape providers in the state but we're way down on that list right now so like for the next couple of years that's what we're going to be pushing to is just hoping to make a big impact and get a share of that you know 500 million dollar vape market that's in the market every year is that what's in california it's 500 million oh if not more i mean damn i think like stizzy alone does like a couple hundred million in card sales damn, a year bro yeah it's pretty wild that's wild if you're taking retail numbers um yeah so you have access to that data so. yeah yeah and that's yeah. don't quote me on it but it's it's if we're around by there. a couple hundred a couple yeah, million, yeah. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you the picture <laughs> yeah that vape million? market is God. huge damn, and it's bro. filled with a lot of distillate and a lot of artificial terps. Yeah. And so we want to make an impact over the next five years of turning people onto the idea that you don't need to smoke distillate with artificial terps. 
you can get a live resin or cured resin cart strain specific that's, you know, manufactured with love. Yeah. That's the key. Absolutely. It's like we care about every product that goes out. I try every one of them. And, like, I want you to have a good experience. Yeah. That's mainly it. I dig that. Like, when I'm sharing weed or giving away weed to people, it's because, like, I want you to get in your car and be, like, giddy. Like, oh, I'm holding this one to the side. Yeah. I'm taking this with me golfing or whatever. You know, like, that experience is what we strive to provide every single day. Yeah. And, like, it's hard to do, you know. It's, like, making special products that make an impact on people every time they buy them is a very difficult task. But, like, we hope to get better with packaging, marketing you know, PR stuff like this we're doing now and yep. like yep. just continue our journey. We we have signed uh, deals in other states, but I can't talk about those yet. That's cool. So we do have some expansion plans to to get labs in other states and get our brand out there. But That's mainly our focus is, is on our lab and our cultivation, expanding cultivation in Grass Valley. Uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Nice, bro. Fuck yeah. That's <laughs> exciting, man. Yeah, I'm excited. That's exciting, man. I'm, I'm excited to watch the journey, bro. Thank you. Absolutely, man. So um, let's hop into some questions, man. I got some questions that people want right. to know. Let's have, we'll right, have some fun with it. So my first question for you, my friend, is what do you know that they should know? What do you call them bullshit on in the cannabis industry? Can you debunk any Say the first part myths? again. What do you know that they should know? What do you call them bullshit on? Can you debunk any myths? I mean. Anything from your space? Yeah. I think I've already touched on it, but the biggest myth, I think, is just that BHO is bad. You know, that right now yeah, is kind man. of a thing. B- it is. BHO is bad. Is, that's, that's in the community. That's in dabbers. That's like people, you bring BHO to a sesh. They're like, oh, dude. Yeah, they're clowning, dude, smoking bro. fucking resin over here. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and, and, that's that's a thing. A, and that's a myth. Like, it really is. You, you come to our lab, you're not going to see that. You're going to be blown yeah. the fuck away yeah. by the terpene profiles we're pulling. You're going to see the oil and know it's fire. You're going to dab it or smoke it in a vape and be like, dude. This is special, right? And, like, I think that that got lost, you know, for all the reasons I highlighted. CRC, new extractors. CRC, fuck Yeah, our mission is just to stay true to what we know to be correct. You know, when we see the stuff in the lab, we know it's special. When we dab it or smoke it, we know, you know, there's something to it. So it's about really communicating that message to our consumers and to people that fuck with us that – you know, all of our BHO now is our best ones are in our vape carts, and that's the experience we want you to have. Nice. Yeah. You know, dabs are cool. I still dab. We're going to hit the index here in a little bit. Wait till y'all see this <laughs> shit. This is some old James Bond shit yeah. about to pull out. And you'll y'all, see. Man. I'll give you some cheetah piss dabs of BHO, and you're going to be like, dude, there's no difference between this and an $80 gram of rosin. This fool about to light me up on my way out. Yeah. See, <laughs> shout out to Ashok. I no longer dab on the podcast. Well, yeah, he I'm, told me about that, dude. I'm a dab at the tail end of this motherfucker <laughs> to make it out of here alive, man. But goddamn, he knows. He dabs too. Yeah, when he comes through, he's comes through the lab. He's always got the fire. He fucks with good growers. He, that's Yo. a guy. That's like a perfect example of somebody who's passionate about you know what they're Hell doing yeah. and trying to bring a product to market that gives a consumer an experience. Like the more people we have like that, the better. That's what we need. But I literally saw a bro's story yesterday and they're fucking bringing freezers up to the ridge and there's a fucking fire oh dude and they managed to swoop around the backside of the fire to get that fire was right in between one of our grows i woke up with a text there was a fire up there bro yeah i woke up with a text at 11 o'clock uh from one of my good friends in town he's like bro there's a fire on the hill right now and it's 
between your spots. And I was like, oh, God damn it. So last night was a little stressful, but Duh. they contained they, they contain it. it. Yeah, they contained it. We were lucky. And that is something you deal with in that town and most Northern California areas. Yeah, is, well, shout out to the firefighters Fuck, in man. California. Thank man. God for those people. You guys people. are real Gs and real yeah. heroes, man, for real, for real. No, 100%. I mean, with firefighters work so hard and train, and yeah, then they're bro. out there in the shit. I mean... To do something like that to keep us all safe. It's like a thankless job. Yeah, man. it's a thankless job. So but we thank you. I yeah, pizza, weed people. The weed people <laughs> love you guys. We love y'all, <laughs> Let man. me tell you, you're saving weed for everybody out there. Yeah, in the hills. bro. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. Even to if see. it's a little smoky when it hits the market, we, we happy. <laughs> we still gonna sell that yeah, shit. You feel yeah, me? <laughs> Couple points off <laughs> for the fire packs. Yeah, um, it's happened. <laughs> you got any uh, weird <laughs> skills or life hacks you can share with us? I'm a cheat code guy. Weird if you skills don't, it's cool, but if you do, weird skills and it. life hacks. I, it's just stuff I've mentioned. I just truly believe that you know, if you want to live a fulfilling life, find something you love and monetize it. That's the simple way to put it. You know, yeah, there's no, a lot great, that goes bro. into that, but you know, if you're passionate about what you're passionate about and it shows through, it's like your light. You know, yeah. that's your light, and use it. Don't don't turn that off. Like, yeah. whatever you feel, and you can do whatever you want. People yeah. forget that shit. Yeah, bro. You want to be a comedian, an actor, singer, whatever you want to do, go do it. We wanted to be weed people, you know? That's just how we found ourselves. But, like, when yeah. you find that moment of, like, you have an opportunity and it aligns with what your vision is, take it. Yeah. Don't be scared. Jump after it. Go all in. See it to the end. The worst you can do, the worst can happen is you'll learn from your experience and, yeah. you know, you'll get better. Absolutely. Yeah. Sound, sound advice, folks. <laughs> Love it. How do you like to consume cannabis? Stabs only or what, what you got? Everything. Everything. I he do does it all. it all, folks. I do every bit of it. Um, Love that. I mean. On the daily, what you doing? Yeah, like I wake up. Oh, you're a dabber like a motherfucker. Yeah, I dab like crazy. I mean, I wake up, I take dabs at 6 o'clock in the morning, like point threes. Like a gentleman. Yeah, like, you know. I can, 3 a.m. I probably dabs, smoke hollow. about an eighth of oil a day. So is my cameraman. <laughs> with you. <laughs> I was like, he was scared to hit the index. I don't know. <laughs> nah, he fucking around. A show, a show fucked him up. And bro. then, like, I take carts with me everywhere. I really enjoy them now because, like, dude, even though you have a Puffco and like you've got the proxy, yeah, and I love those devices and like they've changed <coughs> the industry and dabbing so much no for manufacturers like us. We're so appreciative, of people like Puffco and the other companies that do that, but. It's still a little bit of a hassle. It is. On a golf it's, course or driving, it's like... You got to do your little you shuffle. You got to do your thing. You keep yeah. this in your pocket, you're going to get a dab hit right away. Yeah. You, If you blink it, you're really going to get fucked up. Yeah. If you want that head change, that's what you're chasing. Yeah. So that's kind of like your daily. And then I like to smoke a lot of weed joints because like, it breaks through. Because I smoke so many extracts, yeah. the weed is what gets me high. So, like, I get a way different high from weed, whereas, like, I can dab and be social and talk and not really, like, nervous. I'll do it now. But, yeah, but usually, like... Sorry. No, I'll hit it. I don't go fuck. Hit one for the people. I got to get him now because he's about to get me later. Yeah, we're about there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, that's dope, bro. If you had a weed or extract superpower, what would it be? Weed or extract superpower? You snap your fingers and like X this. happens. Don't uh -oh. go cheap, bro. This is your one wish, dog. My one wish. I would snap my finger after every trim or frozen harvest that it's like 
instant froze, de-leafed, and packed up into vacuum-sealed bags. Yeah. I respect that. And delivered at negative 60. And the trim <laughs> is is picked up the second that trimmer hits that tray. There's motherfuckers in there just out of here into a bag, and it just transports to my facility. That would make my life. That's fire. 100 times easier. And I respect that because he's still willing to fucking blast the oil. I don't want an AI like extractor. You know what I'm saying? It, like he's being, still gonna put in the work. He just needs being a little an prep extractor work out. Is, you know is very much like being a chef. You don't want to yeah. take that way. No doubt. There, there's an art to it, and there's a feel to it so much that it's extremely hard to even train extractors. Yeah. It'd be like training a head chef. You can't yeah, really yeah, train yeah, yeah, no, a head chef. Yeah. They have to go about their own experiences and learn, and then one day they arrive. Yeah, they might have mentors and people that give them advice, but as far as just like walking into a business and training an extractor or having a robot do an extraction, you know, which is coming for sure. That's going to happen to closed loops in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be full. Yeah. There's already a couple of systems coming on the market. They'll be fully automated, but what they don't understand is it's like cooking a steak. Like you need a guy there to determine when that exact second is when it's ready. Or for the flip. Yeah, or for know? the flip. Like, yeah. all that shit, it's the same with extracts. When you're looking at oil go through a closed-loop machine or even when you're open blasting, you're it's a full immersive experience. You're listening, smelling, seeing what's occurring, and then you're yeah. making live adjustments to make sure that that extract comes out perfect. And that's, like, it's hard to that's do consistent just like it is with food. That's why I compare it to food so much. Yeah. It takes a real G and we've got great extractors at our lab. Like, you know, they do everything so well. They're very experienced. They understand our tech. They come up with their own tech. Like they're, we, we couldn't ask for a better team in our extraction lab, but we were lucky to find them. We went through tons of dude, people who blow you up. Yeah. Who've been in a lab a couple of times and they think they know how to blast BHO and then they're in there running like warm gas, right? Which is like <laughs> our gas is like negative eighty. They're running at like negative twenty, which still sounds cold, but that is warm as hell. And then yeah. like their pressures are going up to like two hundred psi, or you know, it's like all these little crazy things that can affect an extract and affect your safety. Yeah. That I think that's why you don't have too many of us in this manufacturing no category doubt. that are doing it the right way. It's extremely <clears throat> difficult to do. And there's only so many of us who have 10 years of experience doing it. Yeah. There's not many left, dude. Yeah. So, you know, I love that we're in that category. It's always been the category that I thought would grow the most over time. Yeah. I, f I do feel that kids these days coming up smoke more extracts than they do flour. And I think it's going to be a while till that flips. But I do believe in like 20 years that vapes and extracts will be m more sold than flour. Yeah, I just I feel that I think we're the flower last of the flower generation. Yeah, I think so too. And you're growing up with kids Word. with Nick pens and yeah, Puffco's. Word, they're and not like, even smoking cigarettes. Bro. Not even smoking cigarettes. They're way more health conscious. Yeah. And although weed Shout is out to the youth. you know pretty healthy, it's still a lot of plant matter and shit in your lungs every time you smoke a joint. Whereas when you smoke extracts, you're not getting all that, dude. Yeah. You're getting THC and terps. You don't get anything left over. And there's some research out there that shows like certain terpenes can like shrink cancer sales and do things like that. So yeah. it's a healthier way to smoke. I Definitely. think that it'll go that way in the future. And that's why we made a big bet on, you know, having a large manufacturing. That's facility. cool, man. Yeah. I believe that because, um, I am noticing like the dab community, them, them dudes is like good 10 years younger than me, maybe more. A lot of these cats. How like, old are you? 
I just turned 40. Okay, yeah. Yeah, bro, like 30, even their 20s and I'm shit. 36, you know so yeah. So yeah, bro, I could I could definitely see that trend. And we probably are the last flower generation, you know what I'm saying? Because we came up on flower. That's what I mean. When you, you know? come up like that, it, it really yeah. matters. If it's your first time getting highs off a of bong or Word. you rolling joints, that's in your brain. And like you're going to be used to that experience, and that's what you're chasing, right? Whereas I think people coming up these days are more dabber, vapors, you know, yeah. type of dudes. And that's what we that's what we plan to, you know, execute on that's is cool. giving products to those consumers. That's yeah. cool. Well, now, my friend, it's time for your top three strains of all time. Oh, this one's going to be good. We're going to go one old, one new you fucking with, and yeah. then a desert island you stuck on the island with. Okay, so the one old comes from my friend's Cassidy's dad, who's, okay. who's passed away, actually. It's unfortunate in the past couple of years, but he was a big influence on on my life. He was the first person who allowed me to have a grow at their house and really get in Fire. the game. <laughs> and, and he was a cool ass That's dude. He'd dude, smoke bro. with you. He'd cook food with you. Watch football. Fucking just what a never guy. never judged you. Like another big thing about stoners in that weed community is there's not a lot of judgment from other people. Yeah, which I think society needs. Like yeah. the judgment of judging others and comparing your life to them and all that shit. It was nice. He provided an environment where we could really be ourselves. And he had a connect, dude, to this dude in uh, Humboldt. I won't mention his name, but he grew some of the best indoor weed to this day that I've ever seen. And he had one of the old school, like, GDP cuts, but a real, like, perp cut. Yeah. That was, I mean, still this day, I've never seen it. And I would buy, like, $1,600 QPs off Cassidy's dad whenever it arrived. But he loved the weed so much that, like, sometimes I could only get an ounce or so. He'd be like, I I can't sell you. This is my shit, bro. This is special shit. And so like, that was my first time seeing packs that were like a grade 10 times above anything I had seen or smoked. I still remember this day being like, if I just had that weed every day, I would never take any other drugs. (laughs) (laughs) I've used all types of substances, but I remember clearly being like, this weed is so fucking good that if this is all I had for the rest of my life, I'd be good. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we good. This is it. That's all I want. So that would be the old one. And then you said something new and something. Desert Island. That's all you can smoke for the rest of your life. But it's the best batch. Something new. I don't have any for. I, I really don't have any new packs that I've seen lately that have even come close to the packs I've seen in the past. Um, no doubt. That's just the truth. Um, but my Desert Island strain is probably Jeff, the owner of Nameless Genetics. He grows the Mega Wellness OG. And it's funny. Well, I've like, heard about this it, Mega Wellness It used OG. to be a big OG in LA and it's still you know pretty big for people who know about it. But all these growers, right? They have a, they have kind of their packs that get provided to people, and then they have like secret packs. Oh yeah! All right, family and friends, family baby. and friends packs. <laughs> in in this case, I think it was celebrity packs. Okay. Like these were only going to no people. Doubt. He was They're, in L.A., right? Yeah, he was yeah, in L.A. And he's popped these out a few times to me throughout my life, and every time it happens. I just get so giddy, and it's just like yeah. the craziest, stickiest, lightest green OG smelling bud. And those OGs, dude, they get you that straight, like, <laughs> like you fucking, you're high, oh, your I'm heart fuck, is I'm racing. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, fucked yeah, up, yeah, yeah. and the flavor lasts all the way through the joint. It would probably be that specific pack that he showed me that day wow. for something that I, that's all I would smoke. I mean, I'm an OG fan. Set, so there's some old 707 headbands that. I, 
would maybe make that list as well. Okay. But okay. I can't remember like the specific packs. Those two I no remember. Those, yeah, that's no what doubt. I would take. <laughs> that's fine. If there was a strain that you could bring back, what would it be? There you go, 707 headband. There it is. That's it. I'd be happy That's with my that. favorite strain probably of all time next to OG and, like, some cookies. And then, like, even Alien Labs back in the day, their original do dough and wedding cake still oh, some of still my, talk about that still today, some my favorite weed. We were yeah, shout in the Labs, first man. group of those people, and Ted was, you know, I was lucky enough that Ted blessed us with some. And, Hell dude, yeah. that was those are still like some of the best weed I've ever smoked. So it's yeah. tough to, it's tough to oh, choose. Yeah. But yeah, there's a few good it's ones. Tough. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's a tough question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the headband would be what I'd bring back. Okay. Yeah, I really yeah. love that. I strain. respect the it. sour D mixed with the OG. It's like the perfect. Yeah. Funk gas. For that sure. I love. Yeah. For sure. Um, what's your smoking weed dab extract and pet peeve? What grinds your fucking gears? Extract pet peeve. You know, from anything, BHO guys, I don't think we have any. We're such dirty related. dabbers from the beginning. Anything cannabis related, bro. Like it could be like smoking with your friend or whatever. That's what, a pet peeve. Yeah, what pissed you off? What, what can you do I don't like watching my dad holding smoke on dabs. Really? Yeah, your he, dad? my dad. Every time what we dab together, oh, he holds him. I'm like, bro, pop. And I'm let like, that let it go, out. let it go. He's like, and he just just lets it explode. That's his style, though. And every time, he's like, old school. I'm like, bro, just. Don't do that. Just it's let terrible. it go. Yeah. And then he's coughing, you know, oh. and like it expands in his lungs. The grenade explodes. <laughs> and I bet you when he smokes joints, he hits him like this. And he goes, hits a little side That's puff. That's it, dude. Off the second hand. Holding it. That's OG it's shit. It's OG shit. That's yeah, you're, OG. I you're can't never do gonna, that. You're never going to switch it. And you I'm know what's really OG? They go, <laughs> and they'll do one up the nose, too. I'm like, oh, you a I bring, savage, I bring bro. so much weed to my dad, like, over the years I have. Not daily. I don't bring it to him. But over the years I have, and, like, it's rare that he's ever impressed. And he always tells me, he's like, you know, the only way I know if it's good weed or not is if I take one hit off that motherfucker and I'm just looking at it. <laughs> yeah, you just examining that motherfucker. He just hit it and then he's just like, God damn. And that's his judge of if weed's potent or not. And it'll be like once a year I'll bring him something that he's like, that was the that one. That one hits home. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, all right, we got him. <laughs> that's fine, bro. That's fine. I think I know what I'm going to give you for Pops. I got, uh, I got one for Pops, yeah. I got one that got some balls. Okay, yeah. I love that. Good flavor, Cole, Cole but it's got Because he gets some... giddy. He's always telling me, I can't get high yeah. anymore. Nah. It's fucking weed that these days pops, sucks. Pops, I got you, Pop. All right. I got <laughs> you. You're going to love that. You take care of my Pops, I'm going to take care of your Pops. <laughs> I will. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's your favorite place to smoke, bro? Favorite place to smoke? Fly fishing. Fly fishing, Yeah, bro. fly fishing. You're a skilled fella. Yeah, fly fishing, golf. Those are my two things. But fly Damn. fishing, uh, being out on the river... You know, that sounds it's fun. Just like it's just the best. I love fishing and smoking. I'm not yeah. a fly fisherman, though. Oh, well, it's, you know I mean, fly fishing's you know not to go too deep into it, but the, what's unique about it is that you know when you spin cast and you're spa- you know you put cast masters or Paula's in the water and you know you've got treble hooks and shit. Like when you hook a fish, you hook that motherfucker and like you reel that thing in. Yeah. When you hook them on a fly line, you're using what's referred to as like a size twenty hook, which is like a fingernail like yeah like no the doubt. tiniest and you have to smash the barbs down when you fly fish most of these rivers are protected yeah. so you have oh, to no smash shit. the barb down because you can't kill the fish so the intricacy of hooking a fish on a fly that is so fucking tiny that yeah. you're sending through a huge river of current and you've rubbed that little fly by that fish's face and then you hook them and and then you ever so delicately get them in you land them like landing a fish on a fly rod can take 20 minutes sometimes oh shit 25 minutes because 
you got to play the fisher. He's going to throw that hook. He's going to break you off. You're on really thin leader. There was like an extra level of, of, of uh, challenge to yeah. fly fishing that really got me. Like I was yeah. like, oh, this is fucking. You like sick. a challenge? You're a golfer. You know, yep, so. golfing's kind of, challenge. Golf is great. It's kind of like bow hunting versus shotgun hunting, there right? Kind of sort of. Yeah, that's a good way to put it you for know? sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got to be a little bit more, you know, sensitive with it. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, first smoking device you ever had to MacGyver as a shorty? <laughs> uh, these are great questions. Uh, I think the the best one was, uh, I mean, back to my dad. He still has it to this day in his Let's fly. Go. My dad's a fly fisherman, and in okay. his fly tying desk is where all his weed is kept and weed, you know, paraphernalia. And he's got. I don't know how to describe it other than a dad pipe, but it's essentially like some metal, like copper that has threads. And instead of, you know, whatever plumbing or fucking piece of equipment this is supposed to be, it's a bowl on the end yeah, that yeah. threads on and it's got a carb on the side. That bad boy? Still has it. Oh, My dad also legend. never loses anything. Like me, I won't have anything for more than a week. Yeah. He's got shit that's been sitting in his desk yeah. for 36 fucking years, Fuck, dude. Fuck, bro. Your whole existence. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's <laughs> Damn, fucking bro. crazy. And I'll go home and I'll still hit that pipe sometimes when I visit my parents. It'll be in his little bathroom outside. And I'll fucking go in there and open the drawer there to take a fat that's rip. That's funny then, as yeah, fuck, That was bro. probably the, the best one. <laughs> that's funny. If one strain described you, what would it be and why? Uh, it's got to be OG Kush, I think, just because OG. just because I am a little crazy, and when you get high like on OG, you get a little yeah. It's 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 like one of the weeds that just ups my my heart rate and shit like no other. Like I'd be getting real like fucking lit off those OGs, dude. Hell yeah, yeah. I don't know if that relates too much to who I am. But no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Just Bro, the, yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> people really sometimes people crap out on that one. You went right in. I like it. So I don't know if we, I think we breezed past this. Tell me about your first time smoking weed and was your parents cool with it? Oh, yeah. I got a great story for that. My my really good friend I grew up with, Nick Russell, um, he was a stoner and he played on the basketball team with me. So I trusted him. We hung out. His older brother was a stoner as well. So they, they kind of got me into it. One day he took me out to my boy uh, Arthur DeLuca's house, and this was kind of going towards the ridge out of windy fucking road. Yeah. And I had smoked weed like two weeks earlier in a jack-in-the-box parking lot, didn't really get high, had that experience. Yeah, yeah, a lot no of people doubt. have. I was yeah. like, this is weird. I feel a little off, but I wasn't stoned. And so this was a week later. We go out to Arthur's house, and, dude, you know, we hit a fat bong. And I'm like, you're floating, you know. At that point, it's just like such an intense high. Mm -hmm. For me, it was. I was like, dude, this oh, is yeah. fucking crazy. Like, this is what you guys do? And like, these guys, <laughs> these kids are going to class like that at this time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you yeah. go to fucking class like this? <coughs> like, savages? Yeah, you're, you guys are insane, dude. And they're just <laughs> laughing. We're laughing, having a good time. And Nick's like, all right, we got to go get some food now. I'm like, all right, what's up? I'm like, you can drive, bro. And he's like, I can drive. And I was like, all right. He had a little Acura, like, TL fucking oh, pimped out back, back in the then, day. And, yeah. and everything was, you know, he'd drive the shit out of it. So he and Nick likes to fuck with people. This is my, my good buddy. This is something he loves to do is just fuck with people. So, mm -hmm. like, as soon as we get in the car, bro, he is gassing it, mm -hmm. like, hitting gears, going, like, 80 or 90 or 100 miles an hour down these windy roads. And I'm fucking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have First that First time getting high, I'm just tripping. Yeah. Tripping. And we go get food, and then, you know, we mellow out back at Arthur's house. But that was the, uh, That's that was the first time first smoking. Story. Yeah, he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> you know what? I just had this realization when you were telling that story. I want to say 
eight out of ten times I hear this story, there's a big brother involved oh. of a homie. Bro, that's how you're involved your with brother. almost everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some big brother. Shout yeah. to big bros, yeah. but I never had one. I had, like, figurative big bros. Yeah, you know what I'm that's what it was to me, too. It was I my homie's big, big brother. brother. I was a big brother. And he had a group of his friends. That, yeah, we all, you all look up to yeah. at that time. You're like, dude, these yeah. fools are gangsters. Like, yeah. <laughs> these, oh, yeah. these are of different course. people. Of course. Yeah, that's cool. You know what, man? Um, can't ask this question for everybody, but I certainly feel like I can ask this to you. Do you have a crazy grower extract story where shit just went fucking down? Yeah. You had to get the fuck out of Dodge. I got two of them. Hit me. One of them's funny. The other one's a little bit more serious. But okay. the, the first funny one is uh, me and my old partner. He used to come out to the garage and watch me blast. And I used to blast with spliffs hanging out of my mouth. Ooh, lit spliffs? Lit spliffs. Oh, sad. I was stupid. But, like, when people trained me, they smoked cigarettes. And so I was like, nah, it's probably fine, you know. And, like, I was a serious stoner. I needed to be high all day while I'm extracting. So I would smoke spliffs while I open blasted. Not advised. Dumb no thing way. to fucking do. Even though I'd walk away and light them, I would come back over and sit. And he'd come out to the garage almost daily and be like, <laughs> yo, dude, you can't fucking do that. I know that you like to get high and, like, that's cool. But, like, you can't do that. And so instantly I'm kind of like you know feeling like fuck this dude like this is bullshit i'm out here i'm the one blasting all the time like fuck it. Yeah. i want to smoke i'll smoke right. so i kind of go back at him like dude nothing's gonna happen bro like you know how much fucking butane you need on an outdoor area for this fucking ember to like light this shit and i'm like watch this so i pull out my lighter and i go to like a yeah this is this is funny i go to like a full pile of trim that we had just blasted that i just emptied out of my tubes that's still soaked in butane oh boy and i'm standing by it about a foot away and i'm like see motherfucker like you think this shit's gonna light it's not gonna light and then i go closer and closer and i was getting obviously cocky and stupid at this point and within like you know once i get to like two inches that motherfucker burned off all my knuckle, hand hairs, eyebrows, fucking oh, like. Oh, shit. <laughs> just, just Damn, bro. And he's going, I fucking told Damn. you. And we're sitting there watching this pile of weed, like, burn. And we're putting water. The water ain't touching it. We didn't have a fire extinguisher. Ooh. So that really, like, made me realize. I was like, oh, shit. Like, if anything goes down, this is going to be real hard to put out or, yeah. like. It fucked me it's up. Good spread. So that was my, my dumb, stupid story of being yeah. a dumb open blaster. I used to think it was safe to do anything. Because once you yeah. get used to something and you've done it for years, you believe that it's okay. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. how people get in accidents. Is, yeah. You know, you're just Definitely, not paying bro. attention. But the, the next one I have is uh, I have had an extractor actually blow up a closed loop before. Damn, not bro. fire, but the pressure built so much on our pot and he, you know, wasn't paying attention that it got up to like 300 PSI and popped. And he was, Ooh. he was sitting, I wasn't there, but my friend told me about it. He was sitting like this, basically over top the closed loop like this. And the thing just exploded, barely missed him and then stuck into the fucking wall. The whole oh, closed loop. Shit, that's how bro. much pressure of like a, I don't know, 400 pounds. took his head loop. off. It could have killed him. Yeah. It could have killed him. It scared the shit out of me. It made me rethink a lot of things. This was at the end of 2018 when things were just going to be legal. Yeah. And that was my last, like, dude, I'm not I'm not trapping anymore. I'm not yeah. fucking blasting in no unsafe spaces. I could have, I don't know what I would have done. That's right. a dead body and right. a, a homie, too. Fuck it. That's a yeah. friend of mine. Yeah. It's like that can ruin your life, you know. And we're so lucky that 
Then nothing happened. Now you were there, witnessed it. I wasn't there. My good oh, you friend, just told me that. My Sorry. good friend Clint was, though. Yeah, I didn't witness it. He calls me. This is the funny part of the story. He calls me and he goes, our closed loop just exploded. And I was like, well, like, you're burning right now? Like, is, is it, like what do you mean, dude? Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. It shot up in the wall. Like, and, like, it was fucking loud. And I was like, all right, everybody get the fuck out of there. Leave it in the wall. Just exit the premises and we're shut down, you know? And that was that was one of, like, towards the end of us running like that. And we're very lucky. What can I say? Yeah, we're good lucky, for you dude. for making that call, bro. Yeah, it was. For real. After that, we had to, yeah, we had to let him go, too. And he didn't extract for us anymore. It was sad because he was a good buddy who I trained and, like, I felt responsible for. But I didn't want him running anymore. I was like, yeah. dude, I'm, I'm sorry. But, like, I this is my responsibility. If you fucking hurt yourself, it's on me. It's not on you, you know? Like, yeah. So those things with extraction, man, they're tough, tough fucking things. Yeah, yeah it's not like growing. And growing, you're not ever worried about anybody getting hurt. You, rattlesnakes in the grow, okay, but I've never had a friend bit, get bit by one. And then, yeah. like, usually it's safe, you know. So it was, yeah. there was an added element of risk that big time that I think, you know, a little bit of me when I was younger enjoyed that adrenaline and kind of, and now that I'm older, I, I don't I don't enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you don't need that type of adrenaline <laughs> yeah, no more, bro, yeah. or stress. You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah. Hell sure. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna switch gears on you real quick. If you could smoke with one person, dead, one alive, who would they be? JFK and Tiger Woods. JFK and Tiger That's Woods. It, yeah. Nice. I'd love to sit with JFK because nice. he feels like he oh, seems like one the of the ball. only people in our culture that actually wanted to bring the human race together yeah. in a positive way yeah. and end wars and try to bring peace. At least he spoke of it. For America, yeah. we haven't had guys like that. No. And uh, I, it would be so fucking cool. Also, to sit down and be like, so what happened, you know? <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> you know? And then Tiger, I don't know. Have you seen the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO? I have not. Should I? Definitely watch it. Okay. I feel like he's one of the just most interesting athletes to ever live. And I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. And, like, but if who, who I would smoke with, I would love to talk to Tiger about his upbringing, about his dad, about just like what it's like being, you know, Tiger Woods. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, a cool. wild figure, dude. That's cool. First time Tiger came up, that's cool. Maybe <laughs> JFK, too. Solid picks. All right, all right. Solid picks. So if your brand was a band, who would it be? You that could pick multiple bands. Or rappers, or we'd probably whoever. be like at this point, we'd probably be like too short. We've released like twenty albums, fucking yeah. <laughs> still in the game, still hustling, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to make it, you know. And I hope that we get to that Jay Z level soon. No doubt, no <laughs> doubt. I dig that answer. Fuck yeah. So, who's your favorite plug from back in the day, bro? Shout out your favorite My plug. My favorite plug. You know, somebody took care of you, bro. Still, care of still the same friend that I know today. Uh, he's running a closed loop right now in his garage. Without him, I wouldn't be anywhere. Him and I met in college, and uh, yeah. both him and I had the vision to start hustling. And like, just yeah, wouldn't be anywhere without that dude. You know, yeah, you yeah. shout out to him. Yeah. So, shout out a mentor that had a huge impact on your life. Um, <clears throat> the first guy I mentioned that owned that uh, group of dispensaries in yeah. Sacramento, he was a, a big mentor to me. And now currently my CEO, Paul, nice. is, a, is a good mentor to me. Nice, I like I like talking to people, like I said, f that have other experiences than I do and that I can learn from and gain some value and insight as to how to be a better man and run a better business. Yeah. Right? That's kind of what you're looking to do. Yeah, absolutely. Of 
course, especially at this age, shit. Yeah. What's the best and worst advice somebody ever gave you? No particular order. One of the best piece of advice my dad gave me was uh, everything's okay in moderation. And I, I know people hear that a lot, but it, it really stuck with me. You know, like we all party. A lot of this community parties and yeah. drinks and does drugs and fucking coming up in that world. Sometimes you get a little spun out, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. definitely guilty of that and having having that thought in my mind, like, look, it's okay to party. It's okay to, you know, use substances and, like, you know, be free and it's, it's your body. Do what you want. But, you know, you got to do everything in moderation. You yeah. can't go all in on, you know, certain things, even business. It's like then you let go of family and friends and, like, yeah. it's just try to have some balance and, and moderation in all things that you do. That's a fucking art. That's probably best advice or, wor yeah, I don't know about worst advice. I'm Anybody giving me bad It could advice? be simple, like, hey, bro, don't do that. It's too risky. You know what I mean? Some simple when stuff. I was starting my business, yeah, I think everybody. Usually over here. Yeah, I think that's a common answer. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, but nobody really gave me bad advice. I, I, I think I've had to learn from a lot of my own mistakes, really. Yeah. You know, like, I've been my, my own worst enemy at times, and, like, learning from those type of things is is definitely helped me. That's good, bro. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. you could jump back in time and talk to young Carter before he hopped in the game the day before you hopped in the game what would you tell you save your money that's probably <laughs> number one yeah. don't think that cash is just for clothes and cars and yeah. cool shit because it can do other things when you're young and you make a little bit of cash and maybe you're not too versed on how the financial or business world works when that comes to forming llc's or you know, taxes or all these things, there are ways that you can really make that cash work for you. And, and I was yeah. not doing what I should have been doing with it at the time. I mean, that was an early lesson I learned with the first little bit of money I made and quickly learned that. Um, I had another, what was the question one more time? I had another answer to it. Oh, uh, if you could jump back to the young you before the day. Oh before yeah, you, I'd tell him that. Me? That'd be number one. And I think the other thing would just be you know, slow down a little bit. That's all. Stop slow down, fucking baby. partying so hard. I partied hard, dude. I went hard. Me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went hard in my 20s, dude. Oh, me too. You bro. know, and as soon as I, I got to 30, too, yeah, early 30s. But the past, I'd say the past three years, I've been pretty damn sober-minded and, and clean, as, yeah. as I would like to say. And it's it's been great. Back so, like, I would tell my, Yeah, I would tell myself to, you know, slow the fuck down, dude. That'd take it easy. Yeah, take it easy. Take That'd it easy. Things. That's good, bro. Sound advice. <laughs> So now we're going to hop into some rapid-fire questions All right. before we get up out of here. These will be one-word answers. Try to keep them one word. You ready? All right. Do you like smoking the hot or the cold? Hot. Joints or blunts? Joints. Bongs or bowls? Bongs. Cold start or hot start? Ooh, that's a good one. I cold start right now at all my dabs, but... If you have the time, a hot start is pretty nice. So that's a tough one. <laughs> Rig or Puffco? Rig. Yeah. Street smarts or book smarts? Street smarts. Batman or Superman? Batman. Haze or sour? Sour. Sour or headband? Headband. <laughs> OG or sour? OG. Nas or Jay-Z? Jay-Z. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat. Regular doinks or hash holes? Hash holes. Past that or I'm smoking this to the face? Smoking it to the face. 
Favorite Ninja Turtle? <laughs> That's a good one. I know. Uh, I'd one. probably have to go with... <laughs> it's been so long since I've thought about that. Just tell me the color. I got Donatello. you. Donatello. Donatello, yeah. yeah. He's purple, right? Donnie's been coming up a couple times. Is Donnie purple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah purple. It was either purple or orange. Those are my favorite. Michelangelo? Yeah, Michelangelo yeah, Donatello, yeah. party man. These are the party <laughs> fellas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's funny to ask that, bro, because when I, they say it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, those that. are the two. I say that about you, because they all had... It was like the four character types, right? You what were the, and then it was red and Raphael, Leonardo. Yeah, Ra red was Raph and um, Leonardo was blue. That's what it was. What yeah. a great show! By what the way. a great show! Man. Yeah, like one of the best. Yeah, facts, I watched bro. the movies when they came out too. Yeah, bro. Yeah, I love oh, no? those guys, dude. Cowabunga, dude. Fuck <laughs> it, all day, baby, <laughs> all day. Eighties uh, and nineties. Nineties. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. NorCal or SoCal? NorCal, for sure. Pizza or tacos? Pizza. Pizza with pineapples or no pineapples? Only if it has pepperoni. Pepperoni and pineapples. That is I, a California combo. Yeah, I've been it's seeing a California that. Thing. And they be trying to sell but it like, that shit, too. I just That's, went to New York for the first couple times last year, and I've got to say, yeah, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. So if I were to pick okay, pizza, no go. pineapple would be way better if it's New York pizza. But sometimes out here in Cali, you got to cover up the shit with well, the that's, fucking pepperoni. Well, that's really what pineapples. my question is. Like, when I say pizza, I'm not talking about the shit out here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, New York no pizza doubt. is All right, the best. Cool. So are you revising your answer? I am. Uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no you're, doing, you're doing good, kid. No pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> Tacos or burritos? Burritos. Beach or snow? Beach. In and out or Five Guys? In and out all day. That's you can't beat it. Cheetos or flaming hot Cheetos? Cheetos, the puffs. Not the fucking puffs yeah, versus puff. crunchy. Yeah, huh? I don't want okay. the crunchy. I want okay. the yeah the I'm mouth. I'm a crunchy guy, <laughs> but I'm, I'm definitely Cheetos over flaming hot. <laughs> yeah. The Wire Fuck or the Sopranos? Ooh, that's the best one I've heard yet as far as, like, hardest to decide because I love both it's those shows. One. I've watched them at least three times each. Um, man, that's a good one. I love this one. Sopranos, dude. If I had to pick, I'd probably pick Sopranos, and that's tough to say because I love The Wire, but... I think I'd pick Sopranos, yeah. All right. You good. just answered the only three questions, right, that mattered? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good deal. Pacino or De Niro? Ooh. De Niro for me. Godfather 1, 2, or 3? I'm not versed in those films. I've probably seen them once, but I couldn't tell you shit about okay. them. Yeah, that's the truth. So when you get some time, check them out. Man. I will. Get back I'll to get back, get back to them. Yeah, I watched them when I was younger, but like, wasn't really like... Oh, uh, watch it when you're watch older it. and more mature. Yeah, bro. You'll, you'll, you'll appreciate the art. I'll check it back out saying? for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do some dabs and watch the Godfather. All right, all right. Yeah, done. Automatic or revolver? <laughs> Automatic. You have to smoke Disty carts or last year's outdoor for one month. What you doing? Last year's outdoor um, or Disty carts for a month? Uh. I'll go Disney cards, honestly. I don't want to okay. smoke Old Flower. Yeah. I hate okay. Old Flower. Most a lot of people go with Old Flower, bro. Fuck old Flower. Straight up, dude. These Disney's like, fuck it, you know. All right. Get it done. Jack or Blue Dream for the rest of your life? If it's the original Blue Dream, I love that strain. Yeah, I'll take that all day. Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big Jack fan. No. I like it, but, like, not my shit. No. You're lost in the woods. You get a pack of matches or a hatchet. What you got? 
I'm not a hunter. I'll take the matches, dude. Just try to keep the animals off me, you know. Start okay. big bonfires. That okay. would be my solution. <laughs> yeah, and if they come close, maybe I can catch them. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Savage. Okay, so you're getting chased by either a bear or a shark. What would you prefer? I hate the ocean. I prefer bear. Bears? Okay. Yeah, give me a bear, dude. Okay. Body At least I'm shot? in my element, you know, with a shark. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not, we're, not, we're land creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect the land. So you're going to choose between a body shot or a face shot by Mike Tyson. What you going with? Or a face shot? Is that what you said? Face shot, body oh, a shot. a face shot or a body shot what from got? Mike Tyson. I don't really want to, like, piss blood. I think I'd take it to the face. Face shot, okay. Yeah, I don't, I've heard that if you piss blood or you get hit and I don't want to deal with that. No, no, yeah, that's still fun. take my fucking nose and okay. reset it or something. Okay, okay. <laughs> shot of 151 or a hot dab. 900 plus. Oh, I'm taking the hot dab. Hot dab. Oh, yeah, all day. All day. Fuck, one. He said 151. 151. Yeah, no, I'll take the dab. All right. <laughs> Gelato runs terps or OG gas terps? OG gas all day. I'm, I love runs, the real runs strain. I love the original Gelato 41 and 45 and 25, but I am so sick of watching trim show up in my lab and frozen of those flavors yeah it's really depressing yeah <laughs> it brings the variety right out of it so i, I think right. that's why you see a resurgence of some of this old strains and i'm hoping we can continue definitely that as well yeah definitely tupac or biggie tupac all day butang or death row Well, Wu Tang, Wu Tang, yeah. Death Row is too shady. If you, I mean, Tupac, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Good job, my friend. All right, thank nice, you. Dude. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so we're gonna take a little break, and then we're yeah. gonna show you this fucking James Bond contraption. Lit. We're gonna take some dabs All out right, of my perfect, dude, perfect. What's up, guys? Just want to take a quick second to shout out my sponsors over at Grove Bags. Listen, Grove Bags are hands down the best way to store your cannabis. Forget jars, forget mylars. Nobody does it like Grove Bags. Listen, it's a six-layer, non-static bag. State-of-the-art technology. It's going to keep your weed fresher for longer. It keeps your cannabis between 58 and 62% humidity at all times. The optimal humidity to store cannabis. It's going to increase your shelf life, help prevent mold, weight reduction. Hands down, it's the best product out there. We don't use anything but Grove Bags at Good Pizza. And especially if your product is in stores, we all know there's some shelf life issues at the stores. This is going to keep your product lasting longer on those shelves. So when your customer goes to try it, it's going to be fresh cannabis. Listen, if you want to store your cannabis the proper way, use Grove Bags. Use promo code PIZZA with three Z's. That's P-I-Z-Z-Z-A. Tell them Good Pizza sent you. All right. Welcome back, folks. We have the fucking reflux brought to you by <laughs> Indux Labs over here. Yes, if you're wondering what this contraption is, Carl, tell us what the fuck this thing All is. All right, please, so sir. I'm sure some of you have seen this, but for the people who haven't, it's an induction heating device. This one particularly is in a really fucking cool briefcase that you can just close and take with you. It holds a charge for probably like 36 hours. You can dab and dab over and over and with this thing without killing the battery. So it's a little tricky for people who haven't seen anything like it, but it's got this really cool piece here that comes out the center, right? And what you do is you attach one of these vials, all right, which probably can't see, but there's a little pill device like you would put in all your, you know, dabs to spin when you're taking your hit. That is going to be in, heated by an induction coil that's right in this hole here. So in the center of this, I'm going to twist this onto the bottom. 
put it in there. And then it's gonna go right in that hole, which is a heating coil right around it. This is a timer here, which wow. goes from zero <clears throat> to I believe 120 seconds. And each pill in there has the exact temperature that it'll reach after so much time. So for this one, it's kind of a long heat up. Um, so we'll start it right now. Right now it's gonna start heating. And in the meantime, in the next two minutes while that gets ready, I'm gonna give you some carts to try. Oh, sweet. All right, so Let's do it. let me just get this thing set here for you. Cause sometimes- What, uh, what, what voltage do you vape on? That's something I wanted to talk about right away is yeah. 2.2 is what yeah. I think is an ideal- Same. All right, so try that. That's cherry pie. Cherry pie. Let's go, dude. Let me give it a little white. Yeah, sorry. Fucking. I just wanted to get it no, going. You all good. I do that with everybody. I don't take yeah. it personal. I do it too, so I'm not offended at all. I mean, it's, it's kind of normal. Food. It's like fucking, you don't have to share shit like that. That's nice, bro. And this is cured trim? That one's live resin. This one's but live? I'm going to give you some cured so you can you can get... The, okay. the difference. So, here, so you like that though? Yeah. That was good flavor. Yeah, it was good flavor. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. Smooth. Very smooth. All right. Good. Yeah. For BHO too. That's yeah. very smooth. Bro. All right. So now let me try this guy. And as this heat, little mouth coating. Yeah. You know. Get the terps. Yeah. 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 That's how it should be. So then here, let me get this one going for you. Actually, you said, I remember already, the Jack Terps are not the one. Let me try this one. Yo, skip Jack. Yeah, it's, it's labeled like Pineapple Dynamite, but we all know. <laughs> orange. You know, you know. Orange, whatever. There's all these yeah. flavors for Jack that we all Yeah, invented. bro. Yeah. They're all dancing around. <laughs> and we have our own battery coming out in about a week. I wish I had it for you today, but okay. we don't. But it'll be really a, a cool take on a 510 battery. You just priming it up? Yeah, just priming it First up. First hit? Yeah, sorry. I just want to make sure that it works properly. And that the the thing about carts is they have to be soaked on that coil, yeah. or else you're gonna deal with some issues. That's a Cy sherbet. That's fire, bro. That's trim. Damn, that really tastes like sherb. Yeah. So that's from just normal indoor trim. We're not even talking indoor smalls. You all fucks with that. Okay, so like we can get that product to a consumer wow. at twenty five dollars out the door. Out the door at the club. At the club, yeah. bro, which is the price of a distillate cart. Yeah, distillate carts run from fifteen to twenty five. Yeah, you know, just depending on the provider. So this is something, that's a quality cart. Thank you. I'm yeah. super excited about this. So that's the Asai Sherbert. I'm gonna skip the Jack flavors, but now I'm gonna hand you another good live resin one. Okay. This is the Melon Fizz. We actually, Melon Fizz. I've been hearing about this This flavor, is from bro. Ember Valley. So we did a, okay. a little run with them lately, and I just happened to grab a couple carts there for you to try right now. Shout out to Ember Valley. I mean, Yo, they, I just they've been growing them. fire. Like, I know they had some restructuring and shit going on at their company, but it seems like their shit is tight right now. Yeah, Everything's smoking, coming bro. out fire. Yeah, I love it. I smoked the joint on live on the show. I ain't say nothing, but just, just in case it crapped out. You know what I'm saying? But... uh <laughs> I smoked it all the way down. I don't remember what episode it was, but I complimented them when I met them. At yeah. The golf, at Pin High Golf. Yep, yeah. That was fun. I deal with uh, Rachel and Christian over there, and they're great, great people. I love working with them. And I figured what a perfect time to kind of promote their cartridges a little bit. Like, we fill cartridges for them and for other people. If you just give us material, we again? can do that. That's Melon Fizz. Melon Fizz. That one I really like. It's got, like, melon, you know, it's got the right it, type it of melon turf. 
There's like a sour in there too. It's like yeah, a sour there's melon. some, there's some, there's some gas. Yeah, some gas. Maybe that's the gas I'm smelling. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's see how. The... Oh, here we go. Oh, jeez, this fucker's <laughs> ready, huh? <laughs> God damn. Shit. <coughs> I'm about to hit this flux. Cool thing enough. about this is you can go, go back, back and folks. forth. Like, <coughs> I probably only put in a point two, point three. <coughs> that motherfucking hog's hitting, boy. <coughs> it's going. That's all for me, folks. <coughs> I got shit to do today. <laughs> but that's cool, man. <coughs> uh, Rube, you want in? You want one? Rube said no. Nah, I'm already getting the sweats because this is the first big dab I've had. <coughs> I mean, <coughs> really, like, look, bro, that was That's nice, bro. What flavor look, was that? Look how much shit is in there. Nothing. I know there's and nothing we in there. We're get... just ripping that hog, bro. That is a. <coughs> That's the sherbet, just original shirt. Original shirt yeah. that we have. Nice, man. That's fucking cool, man. So yeah, fucking, I wanted to bring this and share it with you, and I definitely want you to folks. try the cart stuff. We have one more thing: is the drink. Oh yeah, the so drink. Get Yo, to check that this real out. quick. So, <clears throat> um, this is something that I don't think anybody knows how to do in our industry. We acquired this technology about a year ago when we took over the lab I talked to you about earlier. Okay. There was another failing business in there, but they yeah. had they had really developed some cool tech, which is. And I've done a video of this online on Instagram, on YouTube. You can check it out. But what we do is we take live resin, just, you know, normally like how you dab. And we combine that with a couple key food ingredients. We emulsify it. We sonicate it. And then we dry it. And really all you're doing through that emulsification and sonication process is you're, you're taking that molecule and you're putting it to a certain size that it can get absorbed sublingually into your bloodstream rather than processed through your liver and kidneys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like the high is different. So when we do this process with live resin, the cool thing about it is you can make an edible that is fast acting that you will never misjudge your dose on. You don't have to wait for the effect and we keep all the terps intact. Okay. So like if you like, oh, that's fucking cool, if man. you like your favorite strain, it'll taste like that. So this is just like a cherry Sprite and, I brought like a, for other people that are sugar sensitive, I've got just like a regular sparkling, yeah. you know, water here if you don't like all the sugar and Sprite or anything like that. But you're gonna see here, I'm just gonna dump, this is probably gonna be about 35, 40 milligrams, okay. uh, you know, edible equivalents. And as healthy you can dose. see, yeah, healthy dose, it's gonna start dissolving as I pour it in this Sprite, it's already starting. What's that, the rest of it? Yeah, I'm gonna. Okay. Well, no, each one's about ten or so. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, load this you. one up I just so you. you can really get the flavor of it. No doubt. Um, that's the cool thing about it is just like tasting and smelling that forbidden fruit come off a drink. Yeah, that's what this strain is. That's is forbidden fruit. Cool, man. And like, it's almost like we're ahead of the market in this regard, where there isn't even like products developed for this yet. But we plan on doing a lot with this product in the future. We've already put it into our syrups, which we did a launch of last year nice. and they went really well but california changed the regulations on syrups that you couldn't do thousand milligrams anymore so we're re-releasing it in a hundred milligram form in a couple months here wow um but here, cool. i'm gonna give this just a little shake here and kind of help it out yo you know what i love about what you said um uh, the features is that you know not only do you not misjudge your dose but it's fast acting, so you feel it right away. With edibles, you know, you know how it is. We all pop things. There's this pl edibles, with, whatever you with want. With normal call it. edibles, there's this 
ever so slow increasing yeah. peak. Yeah. All right. Man. And, and, and on the way up, you may not like where you're going. And then you know that your next three hours of your life yeah. are gonna fucking suck. With this, yeah. it's it's like this. Yeah. All right, you're going right up. You're going to stay there for 30 minutes maybe, and then you're going right back down like yeah. a drink of alcohol would be absorbed. Sure. All right, into your sure. bloodstream. Right? That's cool. And so it's a, it's a much different <laughs> high. Like this cool, is different right? than gummies. It'll make you feel different. I mean, we're going to wait a couple more minutes here because I – I really dosed this one up, so you probably yeah, you did. Yeah, we just need a minute for it to dissolve. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do want you to get the flavor. That's the cool, the cool yeah. aspect of all of it is just like smelling. That's pretty that cool, forbidden man. fruit. So we'll let that sit just a little bit longer. It's almost, it's almost all gone in there. And, and it then, won't make you want to take more. Like you know, you're waiting. Like, yeah, man, so shit is it not can become me. a social experience with your friends, where like, yeah, you're like, dude, instead of going out for fucking drinks, I don't like alcohol that much. You could take five packets of this shit with you and pour it up in whatever drink yeah. you're drinking for the night. Just and vibe out. Yeah, and vibe out. And it's not like an edible high where you're like, yeah. you don't want to vibe out. You want to be home. Yeah. Like with this, it's just enough to where you're getting, you know, a really good, really good uh, flavor and really good high off it. Let me see if this will. Shook it a little too much. That's all right. Just got to milk it. All right, smell it. It's ready. It's it's about ready, but first just smell it. Yep. You smell turps coming off that? Yeah, hell yeah, bro. That don't it, smell like a fucking Sprite. That doesn't smell like a Sprite, right? Nah. That's forbidden fruit turps, dude. That is forbidden fruit turps. So I'm good to <laughs> sip it now? Yeah, you're good to sip it. There's a little bit on top, but it's not going to hurt you. Damn, man. <laughs> all you syrup boys, all you lean boys, man. It's the future. Yeah, I mean, Get off that syrup. Yeah, you definitely what don't want to be this? on that shit. What I mean, we, we call this? it fans, fast acting nano serum. Get on that, fans. aka fans. Get yeah. on them fans. Yeah, my that... mans. Hey, yo, my mans. Get on them fans. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, that's fire, bro. I'm if I, if like I didn't have hella shit to do, I would smack no, that. No, no, you're totally Matter good. Fact, let me take I just that want... home, bro. I put it in the I'll fridge. I'll hit it later. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy it, and then you know, tell text me about the high you experience. So this is like 40, 50? Should be like 30, 30. I think 30, Should 40. Be? I mean, dude, I didn't weigh this out, but usually, cool. I can handle usually that. one I can handle of our that. packets is 10 milligrams. And if you're going to 50, I'm cool. It's something like 30 yeah, to 50. Cool, it's not more than that. And and this is something where you're going to drink that first quarter, stop, and you're going to feel it in your eyes like instant. Right. Yeah, it should just go right into you. So, yeah, let me know how that is. But. Yeah, dude, I know. really appreciate you letting me share all this shit. Of course, man. Today. This is awesome. Time. Nobody's ever busted out the old James Bond fucking kid here, <laughs> yeah. man. This is great, man. Um, so before we get out of here, I'd yeah. love to share with people, you know, the Power Network and how do we meet, and then who do you know that I should know that I should get on the show. So uh, oh, I feel like yeah. we just had a bunch of mutual friends, man. Um, I mean, the the guy I mentioned earlier who, who would be good to have on, even though he's not in Cali at the moment, is that Oklahoma grower, uh, Blake, who has companies called Thick Cannabis. He okay. started out here in California, and he was one of those growers that was just, you know, in my network who was just amazing at what he did. And then he saw an opportunity in Oklahoma. He's killing it out there right now. Nice. And, uh, yeah, he's always in my ear being like, hey, dude, are there any other shows and shit you go on? So. Nice. Blake, there you go, bro. I mentioned you to somebody. Plug me up, bro. Make yeah, a I'll, connection. I'll definitely put you guys in okay, the text. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and I'm supposed to go out and see him uh, with Caleb from Main Stage. 
nice. in the next like couple months. So then we'll we'll organize a trip back here for sure cool. and figure it out. Cool, that'd be dope, man. Awesome. Um, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? How can my audience help um, you just, talk to us? Just follow on the Instagram paperplanes dot extracts. Everything shadow band. Type it in letter for letter. Uh, will come up. That's where most of the activities at. We will have our website going live within probably when this show goes live as well. So you can check out the website too. Nice. Uh, just Google paper planes extracts and it should come up. Other than that, look on weed maps for our products and uh, that's it, man. Thank you guys. Beautiful. Well, thanks yeah. for coming out, my brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. It was cool. It was cool getting to learn your story and getting to know you, man. Hell for yeah. real. For real. So, yo, check out my boy Carter, paper planes. You already know where to get the good oil. Like, subscribe, hit the yeah. Patreon, support your big cool G, man. We'll see y'all next time, man. Peace, love, good pizza. We up out of here. Hell yeah.